0: How many takes is this going to take? <laughs> well, we can do this as many times as we need to. Okay. <clears throat> and I can just chop it up and all that sort of shit. We'll just do it once. It'll be fine. Yeah. Even if it's got funny bits in it, you know? That's, <laughs> that's the good banter. All should, right. should, should we get on then? Go for it. Get away from the stone. The real white Bengal tiger approaches. The fate has been set. Hurry, hurry, my son. My father, I smell his presence also. (laughs) I
1: feel him.
0: This is the bit where Hogan falls through the fake foam wall and like, it's like, oh no, and then, where am i there's no Hulkamaniacs here i've never been here before ah it's not hot what is this place oh strap in kids it's wcw halloween havoc 1995 yeah yo this is conan you're listening to world of wrestling podcast with tax and rich boom Hello everybody, welcome to the World of Wrestling podcast, my name is Rich and as always I'm joined by my good buddy Tax Williams The Master, I mean Tax Williams <laughs> The Taskmaster and the Master All aboard the Dungeon of Doom Oh, uh, When I selected these three shows for this Brian Pillman trilogy, oh hello it's the second episode of our Brian Pillman trilogy by the way When I selected the show I didn't quite realise which show I'd picked out Because I just looked at the Pillman match and was like, oh I remember this kind of, we have to cover it This is maybe one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time you have picked an absolute clanger of a wrestling show it's, it's been done many times on podcasts but oh my god i love it so so much it's terrible and brilliant <laughs> and everything in between but whilst they're not trying to put a minor downer on the start no there is a reasoning behind this go on so obviously if you are in the uk or you follow uk news you will know, you would have heard that over the weekend a tv presenter called caroline flack uh took her own life jesus okay we're going here well no i only <laughs> say on. it because obviously i've met her on a few occasions from no the way. time when obviously i was going out of boots and, oh, all, nice. and all the other bits and out of all the celebrities because obviously you, like winehouse doherty they didn't give a shit flack was always very nice and like the two three times i'm it's a case of oh you're the accountant how are you getting on always the sweetest person and i just want to say that obviously when we make fun of wrestling and wrestlers on this podcast we are not making fun of the actual performer we are making we are making fun of the character the storyline the creative and yes we make fun of people but we are not doing it to take the piss we support wrestlers we support british wrestling we support wrestling all around the world hence why we do this podcast But I think we can definitively say you should never take anything we say really seriously. Yeah. We're just a bunch, two dickheads just chatting about something we love. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and we take the piss out of it because we love it so much? Yeah, but it's it's never at the person. If I sit there and thought to myself, oh, well terry belayer unless it's brutus Bar beefcake <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm joking <laughs> fuck brutus beefcake. Okay. everything is subject to comedy you know what i mean and that's what we try to do here yeah so again just in case anyone listens to this i know some like i always joke about disliking Chavo Guerrero. i dislike Chavo Guerrero, the character wrestling of course yeah um so i just want to say that ultimately everyone just be nice i know you don't like some of the products that you watch on wrestling there's no need to go and shit on the person or be nasty to that person online as people have been saying recently, just be kind, be nice, support your friends. If you just be open, also don't be that person who goes, if you ever need to talk, talk. And then that person tries to talk to you and you go, actually, sorry, mate, I've got Game of Thrones to watch. (laughs) Just be Too there. Fair, Game of Thrones, though. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. be there for your pals. But also, if you want to be there for your pals, be there for Rich and me. Head over to Amazon.co.uk, buy yourself a t-shirt, fifteen pounds. If you're on Prime, the postage is free. Just type in World of Wrestling Podcast. Support the pod; it really helps us out. Is it okay to show your merch after <laughs> that speech? Well, no, because we turn on to supporting <laughs> our friends. I was saying to Coach Wicked <laughs> yesterday how you always shit on my links. It's so seamless, and but, they- but no, it's perfect. But that's the joy of it. It's, it's you know, self-mock career is great yeah. self-deprecating humor is my favorite thing in existence for sure yeah and also flack always bought me pepsi so well done flack on the three times i met him that's Boots cool, man. didn't like it she's like why are you talking to flack <laughs> and I, <was> like, <laughs> oh, oh. I love it when celebrities care about some fat scrawny little tax accountant <laughs> <laughs> happy days but yeah but in all seriousness guys um we've covered a halloween havoc before go and check mm. out in our archives world where we had the wonderful electric sh- chair these are always um, great in, in the worst way possible yeah I mean don't get me wrong on this card that we're going to cover there is some good wrestling it's one of my favourite moments of all time is on this show there's also monster tracks <laughs> <laughs> so it's the 29th of October 1995 uh, I'm three years into my pro wrestling fandom at this point I'm eight years old but like didn't know this existed this came a lot later in life finding this show yeah I did not see this at the time because obviously for me I was always a WWF guy WWE guy Yep. Hogan's gone. He's in a sticker book just of a picture riding his motorbike, but that's it. He's not wrestling Hmm and he's long gone to WCW. He is. He's in the WCW with creative control at this point. Which might explain why he's got the big gold belt. Ah. So we are live on pay-per-view. I watched this on the WWE Network, did you? Yeah, WWE Network. Good stuff. We're at the Joe Lewis Arena, Detroit, Michigan, USA. With the Red Wings suck, by the way, just in front of that out there. <laughs> by the way, there's more empty seats for a Red Wings game nowadays than there was for this show. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so the capacity of the Joe Lewis, there's a horrible dog shit... Arena, but that has a great history to it with the Red Wings winning all these NHL Stanley Cups yep. and stuff. Uh, the capacity is thirteen thousand, and there is obviously some empty seats from just a casual fan watching it. But uh, according to Conrad via Meltzer, uh, allegedly only fifty percent of the people paid that were there for this show, uh, and there were five thousand empty seats off to the side somewhere, tapered off. This is not a good time for pro wrestling in terms of like selling out. Like the the Conrad was saying on the Raw after, sorry, the Nitro after this show, they only sold two thousand tickets. I can't imagine why. As I mean, we'll get to <laughs> later on, <laughs> <laughs> they're missing out. This is the best. It's so funny. But remember, if you're looking at this time, this is pre NWO, pre Attitude mm. era. The whole business has had a massive downturn across the board. WCW are now on Nitro on Monday nights, Yeah, competing but still not really plugging away much of a rating at WWE, although they are still going live Well, WWE is one week live, one week taped Indeed. at this time. So uh, our commentators for the vast majority of the night are Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan. Hey! Thank God they are brilliant the whole night. I mean, anything that Heenan touches on commentary. It, him and Schiavone together at this time are perfect. Like Tony Schiavone later on in life, I'm less of a fan of. I love his podcast. Not a fan of his commentary so much, as we've stated on previous pods. Bobby Heenan, even at this point when he's blatantly calling in, is the best. Yeah. Although, in fairness, with Shivani having um brit Baker basically go, Well, we could always go and work at Starbucks. <laughs> That's a great gimmick. The well whole thing done, is Britt hilarious. Yeah, really, well really funny. So, just as this adopt our Pillman trilogy, let's cover a little bit of where he's gone, what's happened at this point. yeah So if you followed uh or listened to last week's episode, if you haven't go back and listen to it in the archives. Episode 1 of the Pillman Trilogy, we're at the New Japan slash WCW Starcade in the Tokyo Dome in 1991 in March. That's the one. So, since we last left our hero in Japan in episode 1, he's (laughs) been... Since we left him, our gallant hero in Japan. (laughs) Since we abandoned him in Japan... (laughs) He has been a Hollywood blonde in a tag team with Stone Cold Steve Austin. What'd that guy ever do? Hilarious gimmick. Really entertaining. Obviously, I know, obviously we I know we're not... to ahead a little bit. Yeah, I know we're still not on video now, but I always yeah. love the fact is that... Like, Pylm would always like, Hey! With his <laughs> fake camera hand and Austin would look at him and go, Yeah! Uh, right. <laughs> if there's shining moments in this terrible phase of WCW, that Hollywood's blonde gimmick is absolute genius. Two guys that definitely don't suit the gimmick, but were given it by Dusty, I think it was, yeah, and just, just running with it and going full force. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, so he's been a Hollywood blonde and is starting to break away into something new. He's not quite yet a horseman, but is starting to become a horseman. Uh, he also married his second wife, Melanie, in 1993, two years after our last show, two years before this show. Uh, Pillman's first wife would later go on to commit suicide, either while on the phone to Brian, or just after having talked to him, to him having to talk her down on the phone, while on the phone to her mother holy shit that is not something you ever want to i mean i it goes without saying that is not something you ever want to go through in your life and will never would never ever recover from absolutely not this comes from uh, articles i found online uh conrad's podcast with pritchard and um a few others as well at bischoff and stuff uh pillman had two kids from the first marriage uh melanie had two kids from her previous relationship the two would go on to have a kid together and then one kid Uh, post-humorous, I think they refer to it. So after Pillman dies, they, so Melanie was left with six kids, four of which were hers, two of which she adopted, well, one of which she adopted and one from Brian's first marriage as well that she didn't adopt as far as I'm aware. So what, what a, what a ton of pressure as a human being to absorb like we're talking about pillman obviously here and there's there's things to be said for him and his wife melanie were definite cokeheads everyone talks about it they had serious drug problems because brian's brian's injuries as well he's probably on painkillers and yeah we can talk about his later episodes obviously in our third episode but just what a human to be able to perform to the standards that he's at now on a touring schedule with six kids at home it's Uh, it's it's crazy i mean one would assume partly to try that you know you look at it from two sides one is going to be to earn as much money get as far up the card to be able to provide and give those guys the opportunity that one would assume that based on brian pillman's upbringing he did not have absolutely and the second of all as you found out this last few days of your daughter not sleeping to be away from home and fucking sleep <laughs> absolutely man on the touring schedule as well with wcw uh, with these people at the helm i mean eric bischoff is at the helm here he's definitely in yep. control kevin sullivan has the book and hulk hogan has creative control <laughs> listening to uh, kevin sullivan talk about how these angles came to be it was very much hogan would come in and go we're gonna do this and kevin sullivan would go can we not <laughs> and he'd be like no brother doesn't work for me And <laughs> that would be it i love creative control it's it leads to what 10 years a bit less than 10 years really it's like six or seven years of having the best talent in the world on your roster and none and of them get... And he had the belt. <laughs> oh, wait, hang on, no, wait, sorry. <laughs> and none of them get a break. But uh, I've got a list of... Uh, <laughs> of all on. the talent who couldn't get over Hogan. Absolutely, man. Oh, where is it? I've got to find it here somewhere. I mean, I'll, go while, while you find that list, I'll go the other side. The yeah. fact that WCW needed the name identification at that time for being a, basically a Saturday night company from Atlanta... Mm having Hogan at the helm would always give you name value and it would always be appealing to the casual fan. Sure. That's why bringing Cena back now is appealing to the casual fan. We'll talk about that when we get to Hogan's match a little bit, but let's just talk about this WCW midcard 95. You've got Randy Savage. What did he ever do? Lex Luger. (laughs) (laughs) No! Sorry. Eddie Guerrero. Chris Benoit. Dean Malenko, Sabu, Rey Mysterio, Disco Inferno, (laughs) (laughs) Axel Jim Duggan, The Big Boss Man, Meng and the Harlem Heat all sitting on the sidelines going, are we going to get a chance? Nah, we've got Hogan, fuck off. (laughs) Like Jesus Christ. But in fairness to Hogan, did those guys ever draw a dime? Well, yes, absolutely. All of them did. No. Ray and Eddie and Chris Benoit Were making people watch the show They were getting like 0.5 pay-per-view ratings At this point point. Yeah. And the only reason They're tuning in Is to watch that mid-card I will always still go That you get more money From the casual fan Than the wrestling audience Yeah we'll see So well, let's, let's well, talk go. No about- we don't see It's fact <laughs> You get more money From the casual fan I don't know I don't know about that actually Like I think a dedicated fan Will spend more on merch and Will turn up to events More often Even if the product's shit yeah, but the, that the now, where you don't have a pay per view in the 90s, mm. it was the casual fan. It oh, Hulk Hogan, he's been on Good Morning America. Oh, let's buy the pay per view. Well, they. Because let's be half honest. Half of this audience is basically casual fans, so they didn't pay to get in the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll see how they react as the show goes on. Uh, let's, let me quickly get through the story about coming into yep. this show, specifically with Brian Pillman, okay? So, in early August of 1995, Flair and Arn Anson start to have issues publicly on TV. Arn starts to accuse Flair of not being capable of winning a match without Arn helping Flair to cheat, Uh, which takes uh, then takes place. This all takes place a couple of weeks after the first ever Nitro show. This whole show that we're doing today, Um, so which was opened obviously by Flying Brian Pillman and Jushin Thunder Liger, but not a show I wanted to cover it's been talked about a million times yeah. we all know what happens it's a it's a good three star melts a match you know it's that's about it really there's much more story here which is why i want to do this show yeah. specifically for like Pilman. like would have been good for the entrance music do-do-do-do. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> over the next few months, Flair feuds with Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman, exchanging wins and losses, where the heels cheat a lot, basically, to get wins over Flair, and Classic. Flair just beats Pillman in six-minute matches, <laughs> and stuff, because he's Rick Flair. But great to work with Flair. Absolutely. Yeah. Pillman and Arn would start to form some sort of allegiance coming over the coming weeks, eventually coming out with the four-finger salutes, throwing up the four horsemen. hey awesome
1: yeah they lovely. cut some
0: killer promos on rick flair during this time and flair is just as good at cutting promos back uh flair would reach out to the most unlikely of people to give him a hand versus the monster that flair created himself on anderson and the four horsemen his biggest rival a reluctant stinger making heenan nauseous <laughs> <laughs> on commentary fucking hilarious lines uh so we, uh, we've also got going on hulk, hulk hogan versus the dungeon of doom taskmaster sullivan andre's son the, the giant, giant big show obviously and the dungeon of doom uh shave off hogan's mustache and you know hogan's finding his dark side he's wearing all black and there's so much awesome coming into yeah, it's this. it's the show. first time we don't have red and yellow hulk hogan absolutely it's great Beautiful. Seeing them seeing trying something different with Hulk Hogan yeah. for the first time ever, almost. Seeing the, the, the giant throw his, t- his Andre the Giant t-shirt at Hogan going, remember who that is? Yeah. It's like, no one's going to forget who Sabu, I mean Andre is. <laughs> <laughs> so, we open on a series of spooky haunted house style cutout animations and a few bits of recent WCW promo footage. The WCW voiceover guy goes as such.
1: Motown's
0: gone mad. Halloween Havoc is here. Two demons have emerged. The Giant. He has a Jones for destruction. His motorcycle smashing. back cracking. Bone crunching. Neck choking rampage. We're dealing son of a gun. <laughs> it's, it's, these promos are terrible. Whoever wrote them, it's just like writing as many... Uh, Big descriptive, ridiculous words they can possibly fit in. And they're way too long. And they're way too that's only like a third of the problem. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. He goes on to say he's opened the ghastly gate for the man who would not could not stay down. WCW world champion. Hulk Hogan has crossed over into the dark side to take on the dark powers in their own eerie world. Shudder to think <laughs> fucking hell. This goes on and, <laughs> on and on and on and on. It doesn't explain any of the story. Though. <laughs> it's fucking well, great. on the plus point, though, at least later on before the main event, you get the whole story to explain what had happened. Yeah. But this, this is good video packages here, rather than, the, like, the Attitude Era WCW stuff, where they just didn't bother putting video packages yeah. before matches. Th- this was very much a case of, we're being spooky, yeah. similar to we were spooky at the start of this episode. <laughs> no that was the taskmaster Oh, sorry yeah definitely there was there was no really bad acting there so tony shivoni welcomes us to the show as the pyro goes off probably spent more pyro than they made on the ticket sales for this night <laughs> but you know the the you know concession stands probably did all right uh, yeah let's have lots of beer and probably meth because they're in detroit <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well considering the fan that uh, yeah yeah we'll get there in a second and obviously shivoni is with the god of professional wrestling commentary bobby heenan our favorite the greatest ever. color commentator ever uh, have you got quotes from heenan because i've wrote a few down all i am is just that everything he said is worth <laughs> it's noteworthy <laughs> it's difficult to pick out bits that specifically write down i've mainly got bits where he's just reacting to the terrible yeah. shit that's happening so i i will say this for bobby heenan and i know we've covered this on a previous podcast that i've said that rumble 92 was my favorite podcast Podcast. Obviously, Rumble Nights Two would have been a favourite podcast had we covered it. Yeah. Um we can do it at some point. Royal Rumble Nights Two is my favourite Royal Rumble. But I think that is largely because of Heenan's commentary for that whole Rumble. Sure, yeah. And he made shows better by just being there. And Absolutely. And so I said every quote that he has is phenomenal. There's moments in the show when I was sitting there going, Oh, this is bad. Kind of laughing that it's bad and then Heenan says one simple line I literally was falling out my chair at times. Can I- Have you best. got a walkie-talkie? I'll get down on my knees. What's his little assistant that he keeps like sent- his imaginary assistant that he keeps yeah. sending off to go find information? Just whatever. find out. What's happening? Why can't people in the truck talk to us? I'll get down on my knees. I'm begging you. It's like Raul or something. He's like, hey Raul, go off and do this. It's so funny. So there's this cat and mouse monster truck preview shit. Neither man are engaging. They've got Hogan's in his monster truck Giant's in his monster truck and they're kind of driving back and forth and not doing anything yeah Uh, they obviously get out of their trucks to cut promos (laughs) before the actual stuff so this pre-tape thing is so weird well, they, you know, they're on top of, they're on top of the, the Cobalt d- hall, hall, door to the arena, yeah. And they're just revving their engines the night before the show. <sighs> yeah, it's blatantly pre-taped the whole thing. Yeah. So, Shivoni tells us about Arnon Pillman having attacked Flair backstage, apparently, before the show's That's kicked so off. dastardly. The bastards. From beautiful, young, flying Brian Pillman, <laughs> all happy clapping and kissing fans and touching babies. Mm. <laughs> So, um, sorry, Heenan laughs and cuts a promo on Flair. <laughs> yeah, like the best. <laughs> uh, something about Heenan eating sushi as well? I didn't understand this reference at all. No, I didn't get the sushi. I'm assuming that's leading to something like a Yokozuna or something like that. Possibly. But it never kind of pays off. Yeah, it, do- it, it doesn't flow through. But I don't know if it's just Heenan going, oh, sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Could be. Start, start how he mean to go on for the rest of the night. So what do you think about the staging and uh, the tombstones and the big video wall all the big old video screens in it? It reminded me of when I used to play a game on the Amiga called Pinball Fantasies. Oh. And it looked like the Halloween pinball machine that used to have the games on it. Yeah, yeah. I liked I don't it know what 1995. You mean, they put a lot of work into it. It's super cheesy. Yeah, but I think considering like the entrance graphics that I had at the uh, opening vignette of the show, <laughs> I, think that, I don't think they we're going... Let's go for like, proper grade A horror. <laughs> Let's go for like Z-level, yeah. this is cheesy, and right, kids' Halloween spooky project. It's super B-movie comedy horror yeah. stuff rather than, you know, psycho oh, levels. Oh, there's a ghost there. Run away. Exactly. So uh, we've got the little blue WCW ring, uh, the old-school yellow Target WCW yeah. logo in the middle with black ropes and half the turnbuckles are yellow, half of them are blue, what do you think i mean it was it was with their their keeping with their brand mm. i don't think it assisted them at that stage of reaching a nationwide audience yeah because it was very very sort of small still the studio show it's the ring the head in their studio show anyway for wcw saturday night what's the um the universal show TNO <laughs> <laughs> it's like called open world or something like that i can't remember what they refer to it as but it, it's that that setup they've just dragged it into a yeah. big arena they've obviously not got a great deal of money right now but i know bischoff has bumped people back up to wages where they were from bill Watts cutting their wages so yeah they're obviously putting up. out a lot of money at this point they built the wages back up of the talent they would cut running house shows to save money at this stage sure and then they were just focusing purely on right we've got to give the Talent the best chance to recover and perform at the top level, but at, as you said, at this stage they still had their very very shoddy from Mall of America ring. It's that small everywhere. It's small, isn't it? Yeah, WCW ring sixteen by sixteen. I thought where it was twenty it, by twenty. That's no, a WWE ring. Yeah, yeah. What's this one? Sixteen by sixteen. Oh, okay, it's it, um, it's not the point with WCW later where they have the jig, the like four inch. Thick ropes, you know what I mean? The cables. But it still doesn't look as professional as I remember WF looking. No, this is very much... Top level indie ring. Yeah, I'd even say. the ring skirts are just blue. Yeah. There's no logos, no graphics, not black to like, stays out of shot, you yeah. know? because we had logos in the Tokyo Dome for yeah. New Japan and WCW Starcade. They put more effort into that than this, it yeah. seems, but anyway. So, uh, our first match of the evening, we get a WCW World Television title match, the ugliest belt ever in existence. And also, really small it's, it's tiny, tiny. Um, rio, it would at least make rio look big if she won that in aw <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, quite new to professional wrestling diamond dallas page with the diamond doll kimberly and max muscle the most useless valet in existence but he's max muscle he's beast <laughs> yeah but kimberly though jesus christ even back then like whew, what a woman well played the diamond stud <laughs> so page is our current champion versus Johnny B Bad! Yes! What an opening match! So You, you could tell, because when, obviously, Johnny B Bad, for those of you who have probably listened to this podcast, know that the, he went on to become Mark Merrow. Absolutely. When and Vince, this Little Richard gimmick. You know? Yeah, but when Vince signed him, he was like, you could see why with the Johnny B Bad and the Little Richard star, sort of thing, but he was like, this will be huge for us. Yeah. And then he was like, but no, I want to create something myself, so what else can you do? Well, oh, I used to be a Golden Gloves champion, brilliant we haven't had that before in wrestling the story allegedly goes i've heard this a few times is that uh vince wanted the little richard character but wcw went no no that's our character you can't do that so he was forced to change yeah. it so there we go so we get our opening video package so it's quite nice to have these video packages yeah know? it's nice to set the scene kind of so we didn't have to watch <laughs> a lot of nitro i mean i'm not sure how much the video package has actually got to do with the match necessarily <laughs> but it's meant to be sting versus johnny b bad on a nitro show but johnny b bad no showed you're like oh what's happening so our boy Brian Pillman got the shot eventually <laughs> they don't explain how the belt got onto Paige at all no Paige is, <laughs> Paige is now the champion people pulled out and Paige has the belt so Journey Be Bad later on that nitro cuts a promo about having a flat tyre and not being able to turn up for the match with grease all over his face only his face so we changed the bolts with his face. <laughs> it's the strongest part. <laughs> how, how do you change tires? Do you use your hands and get them dirty? You've got to put those on the steering wheel. And they do the classic kind of eight, 70s, 80s carny shit of like, DDP and Max, Max will turn up and they go, oh, isn't it funny that you had to change all four tires in your car? And Johnny Brad goes... <laughs> four tires i only said one tire and throws the worst left hook i've ever seen in my fucking life but he's a golden gloves champion and Paige has to sell this shit like it's terrible that was great like max muscle's facial expressions of "Uh uh-oh i did a boo-boo he can't even talk and he's a ballet he's not even a wrestler loved it oh it's fucking genius man so this leads to this match tonight What a story coming in. At least they're telling stories unlike NXT, you know? (laughs) 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 Sorry, I had to get a dig in. At least there was no flipping Spanish fly on this show. (laughs) Yeah, well, there we go. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to struggle to get through this card. It's so funny. So as DDP makes his entrance, Shivoni starts telling us more about this story because the video package fucking didn't do it. DDP previously attacked Johnny B. Bad. Uh, the, the network crashed for me and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's the only time it crashed all night, though. So it's getting a bit more reliable. No. No? And they're really going to need to sort it out for Mania. Do you have issues with the network? I have issues. If I watch on my um, Fire Stick... Yeah. I seem to be all right. If I watch on my phone or any other like device on 4G, just fails me every time. God damn it. That sucks, man. It was really reliable. Yeah, and then they switched bloody provider. Yeah, uh, seems like it. I mean, but, you know, Vince, Vince knows exactly what he's doing. That's why his two co-directors left... They yeah. keep spending loads of money on talent that they don't use. Hello, WCW. Didn't you used to spend a lot of money on talent you never use? To be fair, the XFL is quite good, though. <laughs> oh, the XFL <laughs> is brilliant. Have you picked a team I've... yet? No, because I've, I've just been watching it on the okay. BT Sports stuff. i like, this is just quality. Cool. Someone keeps it. streaming on YouTube for free. So I'm just <laughs> like watching it. <laughs> and no one's taking it down. I've decided that I'm a Seattle's Dragon guy until they make a Boston team. So there we go. Until they make a Boston team. Do you think they'll get a second season? Uh, absolutely the, the ratings, the, the ratings been are doing really good. good yeah surprisingly good some some of the tackles that the legal tackles that have been going down the xfl have been brilliant yeah. proper football i mean we should probably get on we've got so much to talk about but can't they only they allowed to pass the ball twice now isn't that a thing yeah i think so i haven't seen that very much i can't wait to see them do like rugby style like yeah. you know side and forward passes and stuff it could get really interesting uh, and the one two three option at the end i thought that's a really nice touch for it i've twice for the the two-pointer yeah i've never seen anyone go for the, th- the five-pointer is it like the far back one yeah the 20 yard or whatever but, but eh. i like it i like it a lot because then it could yeah. really turn a game right at the end it of to- well it's nice to have something in the offseason as well you know yeah it's good fun anyway so before diamond dallas page hits the ring during his entrance shivoni is already talking about the flare and sting situation that they really make their commentators work their socks off during this show they have to tell the story all the time but again it's i think it's really important to have the commentators do this which whilst i know a lot of people prefer their commentators to call the moves in the ring and i know that's what matt striker got in a lot of trouble for in wwe because he was just calling move after move yeah if it's the first time someone bought a wcw pay-per-view because they're like andre the giant's son against hulk hogan's i remember andre from wrestlemania when he slammed him sure to be able to get over these stories so early on especially as the video packages have failed them. Yeah. Not failed them as such, but definitely didn't give a clear picture. You can almost imagine Bischoff on the headset backstage going, right, you've got to put this over. We've got to explain this because we've got all this going on. There's so much story on this card. Yeah. I know we complain about there never being enough. There's almost too much on this one. No, this is the, this is storytelling at its very best. The, the quality of the storytelling isn't great, but there's story. <laughs> there's definitely story, in every every match has a story. I agree with that. So, DDP has a confetti cannon. Gimmick infringement! <laughs> I mean, in 2020, and people keep using these bloody confetti cannons, <laughs> I feel like I've been ripped off so many times now. So, uh, let's get through this match a little bit. So, Bad comes out to the, uh, on the stage and turns his back to the camera, and you're like, what's he doing? But it's a swerve! I'm going to call him Mark Merrow. Mark Merrow! Mark <laughs> Merrow!
1: Marco, Marco Polo, Polo. <laughs>
0: Jesus so Mark Merrow jumps the guard round, attacks DDP from behind because he's the good guy well he deflated four of his tyres <laughs> he deserves revenge <laughs> what do you think about the little Richard gimmick love it it's fun isn't this it this Johnny Be it. Bad is the the top but, I mean, obviously, i I always into this sort of character. Yeah, I think it's great. Absolutely, man. So Nick Patrick grew a beast of a mullet since we last saw him in episode one. <laughs> it's been 1991 to 1995, and he's decided to grow out the mullet. Most people are chopping them off at this point, but worst not th- Nick Patrick. Worst thing for poor Nick Patrick, it actually took him four years to grow the mullet this long. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's terrible. I hate him. I hate the way he does the little swervy arm thing when he counts. I hate the way he just stands next to the wrestlers when they're calling spots until you see their mouths moving. I mean, it doesn't help that he's also a big lad. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot of the smaller wrestlers, case, why is that referee tarrying over them? I've never been a fan. Even as a kid, I remember watching it and being like, oh, this is so carny. And just popping back and seeing Earl Hebner and being like, oh, that's awesome. That's, you know? how, that's what a proper wrestler would look like. Absolutely. Well, when we cover the invasion, oh, pay for For few. fuck's sake, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1995, there are still way too many mullets in WCW. There really are it's like even like uh, Luger and stuff has still got the little crop top with the party down the back you know yeah this is the front part of the back yeah yeah way too much so uh, more gimmicks than I can count on DDP he's got that the- <laughs> Go hey, well no that's literally everything <laughs> <laughs> you've got a gimmick it's on DDP in this show He's got a cigar, he's got gum, he's got a ring jacket He's got a female valet, a male valet he's Sunglasses got- <laughs> indoors, sunglasses outdoors Sunglasses in his hand, pink Cadillac in the car park He's won the lottery <laughs> it's Like There's yeah. just so much going on And he's the world television champion There you go <laughs> Oh, it's it's brilliant Um, so DDP is DDP's missus Kimberly is also rating his moves it's this gimmick where they have the card and she goes yeah, it was a five that was a seven or whatever Uh, but she's upset with DDP it's never explained why but you know she is upset with him probably because he's got a male valet <laughs> yeah look <laughs> what oh, turn he's turned he's like so, I'm not gonna marry this gorgeous I'm <laughs> so <laughs> sultry I'm so beautiful what <laughs> what's Max Muscle doing here I'm letting down <laughs> tires. <laughs> <laughs> so um, immediately it, it gets a bit kind of vicious where DDP is shouting at Mark Merrigo, Come on, woman! Come on, woman every time he's trying to drag him up from the mat and yeah. that, It's um it's odd. I mean it's just he he keeps on forgetting back to old ECW. Come on, woman wait. Hang on, Nancy's not here. Let's just uh, skip over that. So, uh, (laughs) Max Muscle tries to get involved and chants for DDP, and none of the crowd are uh, joining in with him. Uh, DDP seems to be bleeding from his eye at some point. I didn't catch how this happened. Just another gimmick. I assumed he was just crying blood out of sadness. (laughs) Second new gimmick. (laughs) So, commentary commentary put over DDP's in-ring improvement uh, as he's doing a a headlock away from the hard cap. (laughs) <laughs> Come on, boys. uh Which is a problem the whole way through this match. It's like they haven't been told that the hard cam's on the other side, which makes me think so. it was a rib. Where's the hard cam that way? Could be because even Kimberly and Max are standing on the yeah. wrong side of the ring. They have to turn around to be seen every time. Yeah, it's very weird. Brilliant. So uh, as DDP, D, Dula, as DDP continues to cheat, Kimberly starts to get more and more upset with DDP because she's good and he's bad. Yeah. Is the idea? Uh, I can't call him Johnny. Be bad. He's Mark Merrow. (laughs) Little Richard. Little Richard does a double axe handle and throws up the 10. Like, 10, 10, 10. Thank God this gimmick didn't catch on yet because it ruined wrestling for about two years. Yeah, cheers, Tyler Leninger. Yeah, he's great, but like, you know, whatever. Uh, And he asks Kimberly, and she gives Mero a 10. You're like, ooh. Ooh. Heenan, without missing a beat, goes, you're fired. Get rid of her. (laughs) Yes. He's the best. (laughs) Uh, Mero hits a dodgy-looking liger bomb for a two, and I thought he dropped DDP right on his neck. Like, it's scary. I mean, that's one thing you could say for Johnny B. Bad. And you, some of the stuff you saw when he was Mark Mero in WWF, yeah, it wasn't the cleanest, not great, is it? It was a little bit risky, yeah, let's say. And you could see shades of it here against DDP, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like he's he's one of the other guys trying to do lucha shit. Yeah, Mark Merrow, you know, it's like he's. I remember watching him as he, uh, these early matches and going, he's doing shit that people just weren't doing. Yeah, he, but he, you watch him do it, and you watch Pillman do it. They're like. One guy gets it, the other guy is just trying to... Copying act, it. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's almost killing people every time he does it. Yeah, he, it wasn't safe looking what he was doing. And, Absolutely And you not. can imagine that DDP would not be overly happy with being dropped on his flipping head. No, it, it's like two guys relatively fresh into the business trying to do more than they're capable of. Yeah. But they kind of pull it off. It worked because they're at the same skill levels. Yeah, the crowd really starts to get into it at the end. You get these kind of end spots where Mero stops the diamond cutter by grabbing the ropes. Nice little moment. Uh, Mero pushes DDP to the outside over the top rope, and he goes, That should be a DQ. Yep. immediately really, I was like, Fuck, is this still a rule in 1995? Thank God it wasn't, and they've got rid of that stupid over-the-top rope thing. Uh, Mero does his flip over-the-top rope to the outside, called The Bad Day, and tries to complete it by getting in to do his slingshot press, but only gets two. Max Muscle tries to get involved, but Mero manages to escape from him. Ducked down by Mero, Max clobbers DDP, Mero covers DDP for the one, two, three, and new WCW television champion Johnny B. Bad. As Mero celebrates, Heenan goes, take a look at Johnny B. Bad's hand, the tape. There's something in there. (laughs) Immediately playing it off like he got some sort of heel victory. They then show Kimberly at ringside smiling at Mero's win. And Heenan goes, and what are you showing the ivories for? Tootsie? (laughs) You may be out of work by midnight. (laughs) He's so funny. Just absolutely doesn't miss a beat ever. Like this is, this is not a great match. It's kind of funny and entertaining at times but Heenan playing off these silly gimmicks that aren't even there. It's great, yeah. man. He's always on, though, isn't he? Absolutely. Just just the best. So, um, let's move. I thought the match was better than I, th- I thought it was going to be. Yeah, when I when I first saw this and thought it was early DDP. Yeah. I mean, this is a bit disrespectful for DDP, but I've never really rated him in-ring. He's always been character Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so's Johnny B. Bad. They both know how to work the crowd. They're quite good at like, getting people involved and... They shout at each other a lot, and they do a lot of the crowd work, the entertainment bit. I was going to say, definitely a very sensible opening match choice considering what we have on the rest of the card. Yeah. 17 minutes, this match. Yeah, it was long. That's a lot for yeah, these two. But they had shenanigans. Yeah, absolutely. So Shavoni and Heenan put over the monster truck bullshit again. Uh, they've seen the giant wrestle. They've never seen the giant wrestle. Something I wish I could say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so there's interesting things about this storyline if the monster truck stuff is bullshit yeah Uh, um, yeah so from the dungeon of doom it's the zodiac yes no no yes versus macho man oh yeah dig it uh so yeah we've got the zodiac versus macho man who was a replacement yeah for well, Zodiac was a replacement. Yeah, for the Ugandan giant, Kamala. Who apparently didn't want a job to macho man, so just quit before, a <laughs> <Yeah>. to phony. <laughs> like, amazing. So, Macho gives his lovely young lady a kiss on the cheek on his way to ring. Not Miss Elizabeth, because they've separated at this point. <laughs> but, it <was laughs> <Childhood. a> ma- <laughs> but it was a match made in heaven at the same time we had a match made in hell. Ed Leslie. <sighs> I mean... Talk about this gimmick. His entrance, the thing he <laughs> does Le- it with his arm. Ed Leslie was essentially supposed to be dressed up as a yin yang. <laughs> <laughs> a stripey Deborah yin kind yeah. of character. Who was... Trying not to do the barber's <laughs> chopping gimmick, but failed at several attempts of his trying to do his zodiac gimmick, where his case of slip, slip, oops. Like he falls into an accident. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> so basically, it was beefcake trousers, beefcake tights if he was wearing his white and black tights. He had his face painted like uh, the original, like um, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz or MVP from the old early 90s WWE, where he was just basically face painted as a baseball. Over my head a little bit. Oh, actually, I do remember that. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Okay. Um, and um tassels so this match was tassel central with him and savage it's great Yeah, fucking aim. so ed leslie won't get off the ropes as macho enters the ring he's literally standing up on the second rope still celebrating with the crowns i'm like what are you doing get down he's got a job he's celebrating (laughs) you realize why because macho immediately drags him down and goes to work i'm like who the fuck is this cunt getting in the ring (laughs) some fan from ringside obviously like fucked out of his face gets in the ring tries to get involved Uh, The referee does a great job of tackling him to the ground and stopping him from getting to the wrestlers. And it's a real shame that that was the last appearance of Nick Hogan in professional wrestling. So uh, (laughs) this is a legit issue. I've I've heard four or five different pods of people talking about it. Uh, And yeah, so Macho is very smart. Chuck said Leslie to the ring, gets away from the fan, lets the ref and the security deal with it. It takes what? 10, 15 seconds of yeah, the ref very this guy? Yeah, they were very, quick to react. Um, I thought security was slow to react. Yeah, I, the, the, the ref was quick faster. to react, the security. The, the ref did great. Yeah. Man. What absolute bunch of respect to this dude. Because he's flailing and trying to get out. He's obviously not not all there, you no. know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. So but I'm um, really glad they still kept it on the network. They did, like, weirdly. They should have edited, because if they're going to edit out certain music, yeah. and they edited out Bret Hart getting attacks at Hall of Fame, yeah, of course. But the thing is that if you edit this out, it, the match is literally Hogan. Sa- sorry, this is Hogan Savage drops the elbow one, two, three, <laughs> and wins the match. Well, again, so we've got over on commentary that if Savage won his match and Luger wins his match later in the night, they'll have a match together. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. This is a ninety-second match. It's great. Literally, with the fan involvement and everything, getting in the ring and being a dick and stuff. 90 seconds from start to finish. I saw the number of matches on this card. I was like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to Shivoni talk about how much Ed Leslie was making. How Um, much do you think he made for this one match? 90 seconds worth of work. I'm going to say 100 grand. (laughs) 5 grand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 100 grand is quite a lot of money tax. <laughs> it's not, yeah. in my, not in my world. Five grand. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy one of them super yachts. Five grand to walk out, <laughs> go to the outside, take a shot, take an elbow, lay down. Man, I would take that job all fucking day if I was them. So would Ed Leslie now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. All right. So, uh, yeah, Ed Leslie even kicks after the three, and I'm like, you can't fuck. Lay <laughs> yeah. down. Please lay down. You do realize, though, that's Hogan going. Leave some, leave some in there, brother. Of course it is, because yeah, we'll yeah. need the rematch. A headline starcade: Zodiac versus Savage. I mean, talk about a sudden left turn from that first match into this. Seventeen minutes of we expected to be shit, and it ends up being quite good. To fuck, there's a fan in the ring. What's happening? Oh, the match is over. <laughs> I, I wonder though. I know, I know it was going to probably be quite a short match, but I wonder if they just called it their case of, right, we, this fan's coming. Let's get back and just get out. It feels out. like it. it. feels like Matt Just is like, Savage. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. This is WCW. It's not WF. I'm not, Vince isn't going to be mad at me. <laughs> that really big security guard who was always in WWE pictures, who they were going to basically go, oh, we're yeah. going to train us to be a wrestler because he's always on camera. He's sure. not there to protect me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's weird. The whole thing is just so strange. In fairness, WWE security it must be a really hard job because they must be where there's run-ins. Yeah. And it's goes, oh, there's someone running in. Oh, that must be part of the story. Well, it's it's later that, what, someone jumps in the ring with Savage after the match and Savage just beats the shit out of the fan. Yeah. <laughs> and things like that. And there's... Well, he's in the NWO at that stage. Well, is that NWO? Was yeah, that pre-that? I, I think it's NWO. There's stage. later things where they've planned someone to jump out the crowd and not told security (laughs) so security have stopped them as they've tried to get in it's it's such a weird such a good thing they they did that with the radicals (laughs) yeah i almost wish they wouldn't do these bits where fans jump out the crowd like whether they're plants or not you know i don't think i mean crowd run-ins i think it makes it very difficult for security yeah i think if it's scott hall and you tell everyone and he comes down he cuts a promo and yeah but he's walking and everyone knows who is it's just he's not running exactly it's slightly yeah. different, you know. It's all about context and such, like with everything with pro wrestling, really. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Scheme Gene <laughs> puts over the WWE hotline, hotline back to these. $1.49 per minute, kids, ask your parents' permission. If you uh, go to watch this show, okay, if you've seen it before, if sorry, if you haven't seen it before, watch it with the commentary. Just watch the show as it is on WWE Network. It's great. It's really good fun. If you have seen it before and you're looking forward to seeing it again... Watch this along with the What Happened When podcast with Conrad and Schiavone, because they do a watch-along, and Shivoni is commentating <laughs> in this segment, and holy shit, I've never laughed more at Tony Schiavone's commentary. He is hilarious for this. Uh, I won't spoil it, but yeah, just if you decide to watch it, watch it along with that podcast. It's great fun. As a quick side note for the yeah. hotline, as a story from my youth, yeah. Um, at one time in my parents' house, there was a number dialed in a house. That Mm. was very expensive, and my parents accused me of phoning the WWF hotline, and I (laughs) had not phoned the WWF hotline, and I suspect it might have been a parent of not my mother variety (laughs) who might have been phoning a certain nudie line, excellent, (laughs) and then blaming on me. God bless the internet, saving us money everywhere. So apparently Jimmy Hart is shitting on the WWF on the on the network. The, the what's it called? On the hotline. hotline. Call now, everybody! Don't tell your parents. Whatever you do, yeah. <laughs> ask kids, kids, ask parents permission. One dollar forty nine cents a <laughs> so, minute. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I mean, and the adult phone lines they they got you because they charge you a flat rate of twenty five quid and then a penny per minute. So even if you got off in a minute, it was like, oh well, it's costing me twenty five quid. Allegedly. Interesting tax. <laughs> <laughs> so Gene also interviews a jubilant Johnny B. Bad with his newly won WCW TV strap backstage. Bad tries to walk away, but Gene has to fill for time because the last match ended so quickly. And he's like, come back here. <laughs> and starts to continue At least it's better promo. than like Ronnie Garvin's promo. <laughs> yeah, much better. Johnny B. Bad's promo isn't terrible. No. He... It's, it's not great, but... And I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but have you still got four wheels? It's, it's just... Con- just filling time. That's all yeah. it is here. It's, it's all right. So Shavoni and Heenan put over the Hogan giant bullshit again. Like, they do these bits to the camera between every single match tonight. And it does start to get a bit wearing after a while. You're like, can we just get to the next match? You know? Yeah, but then they had to fade to the promo for the next match. Because as we said earlier, there's a... S- Sorry. Oh, Mario? <laughs> That's just my fan. Sonic, Sonic. Actually, oh, God, I don't do computers. It's games. muted now. It's fine. Go Also Mario. It is but then so obviously then as we said before we have a storyline feeding into this for everyone's favorite tag team hang on wait there's only one of them this is odd yeah so um they chat about how kurosawa aka former iwgp heavyweight champion manubu nakanishi who's kind of just retired from new japan recently and appeared on an all japan show randomly a bit weird um how he broke road warrior hawk's arm they showed the video footage of the really dubious armbar when they showed the snap of the arm, which is the like trying to snap a bloody tree fucking stump <laughs> exactly oh look at me I've snapped the arm and Hawk's selling it like he couldn't give a shit so our next match Road Warrior Hawk by himself not with Road Warrior Animal who I think they had a parting of ways in 92 after SummerSlams, kind of notorious yeah and then Road Warrior Hawk went off to Japan for a while has now come back didn't you know the story here wow. I don't know but all I knew is that oh well clearly you're just going to keep the same gimmick yeah with definitely- the, red, sp- the red, red shoulder pads and the black spikes sure he's just doing the Road Warrior stuff without Animal it's yeah. kind of weird I was in Versus Kurosawa, who we just talked about, with Colonel Robert Parker. Yeah. (laughs) You might know as, what's his name, Tennessee Lee? Tennessee Lee. There we go. Managing Jeff Jarrett back there because, you know, wrestling, (laughs) he needs a heel. And also, you know, we haven't had a show where we've mentioned Jeff Jarrett, so... There tennessee lee <laughs> j what <laughs> <laughs> um, so hogan's um, sorry hogan for fuck's sake brother i'll be able to talk soon so heenan's commentary on hawk's early attack on kurosawa he says it's like a fat girl sitting on a beanbag <laughs> <laughs> which pops <popped> shavoni <laughs> to the point where he has to turn away from the mic mute, for a few minutes. He? <laughs> so funny uh parker tries to help kurosawa by distracting hawk But it's not much help. By dangling a bag of coke in the air. (laughs) Hawk is not selling shit in this match. And why would he? He's had his arm broken, but he's recovered. Indeed. So Kurosawa eventually picks up Hawk, uh, drops him with a Samoan drop. Kurosawa gets his feet on the rope for the pin for one, two, three. And in about three minutes, your winner, Kurosawa. Storytelling. This is just completely alien to the rest of the card. It's just there. It's really good. The face got his revenge for the broken... Oh, uh, hang on. Oh, wait a <laughs> sec. Should we just move on? Yeah, there was There's literally nothing of note here other than nice video package showing a really poor, poor attempt at breaking an arm. Yep. So Mean Gene backstage again, this time with the macho man, Randy Savage. If Luga wins his match later, Macho and Luga will wrestle each other. Uh, this is the your moustache is crooked promo <laughs> which is kind of famous where is like your moustache is crooked and gene immediately goes so's your beard <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> i love gene Oaklin. they just kind of have a conversation for a few minutes it's genuinely amazing i was pissing myself laughing at these two just kind of trying to pop each other and both men managed not to corpse at all yeah because the whole wording was that was like well your, your beard's a little sideways too, but I don't want to get into that. I'm not going to take your personal pot shots at you or anyone else. That's not my nature. I'm a bigger man than that. I don't mind telling you I'm a bigger man, macho cool cool that's okay <laughs> there is two points where macho has to turn away from the camera because i think he's corpsing <laughs> yeah. and comes back to the camera and is laughing almost it's like oh they do such a good job here so match macho helps get the monster trick bullshit over because if you need anyone to get something over it's the macho man randy savage and mean gene oakland yeah they're fucking brilliant uh he says he's gonna be watching on the video scope <laughs> <laughs> and then runs away because he's blatantly he pissing himself laughing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Little did he know that World War Three is going to get the strap. Uh, yeah, was that soon after? That this? was the next event after oh, this next Oh, was really? Paper. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit, they jumped from this to him winning the belt. We'll get to that after the main event. I'll tell you okay. exactly how it happened. Cool. So uh, Heenan uh, gets in on the act by joking about Macho's beard after the promo. <laughs> it's really fun. Which leads to our next match. Holy shit. We've got Sabu with the original Sheik and his sword versus Mr. JL. Ooh. Do you know who Mr. JL is? No, I was more concerned that the sword had made its way all the way from New Japan from when we saw (laughs) (laughs) Tiger Singh. Very similar idea. Uh, It's not Conan, is it? It's Jerry Lynn. Oh. This is Jerry Lynn in a kind of pink and yellow purple mask gimmick. He basically was another Power Ranger. Yeah, this is before his ECW run as well. Wow. And so this is like, you know, very early Jerry Lynn. I love Jerry Lynn. Never really got his chance. I mean he signed for WWE and won the cruiserweight title. Yeah. Had I a great match of R V D. Yeah. Well, people say that. When's the last time you watched that match? I, I don't want to shit on this, but actually about a week ago. <laughs> oh really? I watched it cool. because I Oh, I haven't watched that for a while. What do you think? Uh not as good as I remembered. Yeah, it's not, is it? No. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like it's probably okay for the time, but Johnny be bad doing almost bigger spots than these guys are doing. Yeah, the, the leapfrog into over the guardrail into the fans. Uh, yeah. That's that's the big thing that people always remember that Jerry Lynn RVD match. Yeah, yeah, but we don't need RVD now because we've got Matt Matt Riddle. Right. <laughs> so generic music for sabu bit of a shame how long had sabu been in wcw at this stage very very short amount of time H- had he left all. ecw at this stage well he went he, uh sabu went to japan rather than wrestling for Heyman. was so it Heyman fmw didn't want him back to? Oh, yeah it was yeah. yeah and so he's ended up in wcw a little bit after that. It's all around the same same sort of time period obviously he's not in wcw for long because I, I completely forgotten ECW. he'd been in wcw at all and when he turned all up right. i was like what? It was a big deal back then. Yeah, yeah. Heyman was not happy. I can imagine. <laughs> Heyman doesn't hold a grudge, so both lads are wearing purple and like, oh for fuck's sake, boys, come on, you're better than this. We'll get to that in the tag. So Sabu does an Asai moonsault and catches both Sabu and the Sheik. I'm um, sorry. Catches both Mr. JL and the Sheik. As Shavoni puts it, he kicked the leg out of his leg. <laughs> kicked the leg out of his leg. Uh, the commentary is just kind of hilarious. They need a murder clown here to catch <laughs> Yes. We didn't put him in the last week's podcast. And we forgot. Anyway, so Sabu Salt in from the outside, uh, sitting directly on uh, Mr. JL's head. Oh, that looked like it hurt all the thing i get through this though is that sabu's being quite hurty yeah and then also when mr jl gets into action he sabu does a no sell for everything neither of them are selling anything no at least mr jl's wearing a mask they've got four minutes here and they're cramming in as much shit as they possibly can and not selling a single thing of it which leads to our finish. We get a victory roll off the top that Shivoni calls a Sunset Flip, which is completely no-sold by Mr. JL. So basically, Sunset Flipped him off the power of the top rope. Yeah. Doesn't sell it, you know. Uh, uh, like watching an NXT TakeOver. <laughs> Yay! Kick, <laughs> so- <laughs> kick, 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 kick. Kick out! Who's the heel? <laughs> again? oh Vince <laughs> calling all those people up and ruining them so Sabu hits an Arabian moonsault springboard looking thing I don't know what the fuck to call it uh, and in under a couple of minutes uh, they've squeezed in a million high spots with fuck all selling for the one two three it's and great that winner, the young bucks are in WCW <laughs> your winner is Sabu uh, before, before the ring announcer is done yes. declaring Sabu the winner the Sheik chucks a fireball at Mr. JL well, no, for good measure no he doesn't he chucks a fireball in midair nowhere near him mr. JL well yeah there is that Hoo-ha! the f- the cameras completely miss it <laughs> they tried to do a slow-mo replay of it where you just see a bit of fire across the bottom of the screen yes nowhere near the wrestler you could see mr. JL in the ring <laughs> this guy might have gone Pew. they must have gone into business for themselves right yeah this I- can't have been approved the good thing is, it's nice that WCW learnt their lesson that this touchlight paper works really well when we got to Hogan War- Hogan Warrior That's later a on, a very short time after this, isn't it? Yep Hogan Fucking saw it. was hell. like crazy because I was like, "I know we can use this. Brother, singe my eyebrows." This match obviously infuriates Bobby Heenan because they cut back to them sitting there and he just <laughs> looks in disbelief just like, what the fuck was that? They Especially the fire anything. boys. like, What's the fucking point? They did fire at the end. It's just like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, I, I like how nonchalant you were. They did fire at the end. <laughs> <laughs> It's madness. <laughs> so as we cut back to Shivoni and Heena, and Heena looks absolutely pissed. Shivoni just starts putting over the Hogan Dungeon of Doom bullshit. Just let's just carry on with the show like nothing's happened. <laughs> A dude's just been burnt in his fucking eyeballs. As like kayfabe. he should have been burnt in his eyeballs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But this takes us to the master's lair. Oh, With the master and taskmaster. Taskmaster. Um, I just want to discuss Sullivan's forehead paint to start with. (laughs) Well, do you want to discuss it? Or should I just basically line people to find my Twitter at (laughs) the Tax Williams where my daughter was once painted as a tiger and had basically the identical face paint to what Kevin Sullivan had? Basically, (sighs) Kevin Sullivan with his bleach blonde hair... Has what can hmm. be described as big eyebrows, pointy eyebrows painted <laughs> on his forehead. <laughs> he didn't. Why does? Why just the forehead? I never understood this. Because he's in the dungeon of doom. But why not take the paint a little bit further <laughs> so it's more interesting? Because, because he's also got Hawk and Sting on the card. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, man! So um, this is a promo where we get the introduction: <laughs> to the greatest character ever. Okay, so the Taskmaster's (laughs) lair seems to be some sort of foam chair with smoke machines around it. And he goes, Sullivan, my son, the moon is full over Detroit, Michigan. The stars, Sullivan, are lined up and the great Milky Way is ready for you, my son. Sullivan immediately looks like he's going to corpse. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? He keeps looking at the camera and going, oh, I'm so embarrassed to be here. You booked this shit. It was you. Especially, th- this is their main event feud. The master and the taskmaster <sighs> of Kevin Sullivan. And then... <laughs> The introduction of, as the master calls it, the insurance policy. <sighs> oh, with the insurance of the Yeti, we'll uh, destroy <laughs> Hulk Hogan. As I keep on flashing the camera some phone lightning strike, uh, <laughs> like an ice cube that hasn't hatched yet. With the With the Yeti. <laughs> As Tony Schiavone calls it, the Yeti! Oh, so good! (laughs) Played by Reese, yes? Yeah, big Reese Nelson. Yeah, yeah, massive guy. Fucking hell. So, Sullivan cupped some bullshit promo about the insurance policy, the giant, and the monster trucks. I was genuinely laughing my tits off during this. This was amazing. (laughs) Uh, since when a monster truck's evil? <laughs> like, what's <laughs> the point? Yeah. Well, because they run over motorcycles and almost people. Uh, so uh, yeti. The, all the promo stuff. Yeah. So my favourite thing about this is as they're pulling the camera back, like some dramatic thing. Sullivan kind of draws a little bit <laughs> and it goes, "Oops!" It kind of sucks it back in, like sheepishly, like "Oops." Like with his lips Burst together Oh it's fucking Brilliant the best thing, That was the best Take they got of that By the way <laughs> It's the best thing ever And this is Professional wrestling To me The Milky Way Is ready for <laughs> you My son They're talking Absolute bollocks None of it makes Any sense I would have liked Heenan to come back And go Hang on I've just checked outside It's like Not even a half moon Outside What's he talking about Heenan then goes Was he frothing For the mouth there <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Right, so let's move on. Uh, mean Gene is backstage with Hogan and the winner of the WCW Harley, <laughs> Harley- What is this shit? Of the WCW Harley Davidson sweepstakes. So he's got out of the monster truck, the way he was opposite the giant, he's come back into the arena and now he's just like handing out Harley Davisons to people. Yeah, and also, more importantly, what the little girl in that that video She's far too young to ride a Harley Davidson. It does seem like it, doesn't it? This obviously like a pre-tape they've done earlier in the day. Might have been one of Macho Met. Wait, what? We're careful now. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. So uh, <laughs> apparently it's not legit, but you know what? Else? So me and Gene asked for a translation as to what the Dungeon of Doom Idiots just said. <laughs> Fucking A, man. I have no idea what they just said. Maybe they should phone his hotline. <laughs> Line no longer active. How many times does Hogan say brother in this promo? Twelve. It's, it's at least twenty. Brother, brother he's handing Harley Davidson to someone he's like hey brother let's do this brother 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 like more than more than before more so than me usual. and my brother here could ride together yeah we sent him up with this nice Harley Davidson form name of shop there's this brilliant bit here where um by the way this is meant to be evil Hogan yeah black Hogan yeah, dark Hogan happy smiley awarding yeah. someone a new Harley Davidson you know surprisingly Hogan dressed in black <sighs> so um this Doris girl <laughs> lovely Doris <laughs> corpses a little bit so hogan has to rescue mean gene and he delivers his line about how his friend here you know is gonna drive his harley all the way back to uh, albuquerque or whatever it is and then mean gene starts to interview the guy and he's like yeah i'm gonna drive this bike all the way back to albuquerque <laughs> which is meant to be the line before hogan said <laughs> yeah. his line yeah. so they just backwards it. it's fucking genius it falls apart so quickly don't work with children and pets oh fucking hell like hogan and, and mean gene are trying to rescue this segment but it's it's an absolute disaster and everyone forgets their line they set in the wrong order they just have to freestyle a little bit more importantly of here. beautiful harley I mean, not for me, but you know, is what it is. So, um heathen. Let's just move on. Fuck. It. Oh yeah, that's the point. Uh, Heenan even, but after this is starting to run out of things to say, he can't remember what the name of a paddling pool is. Yeah. He stalls for like yeah. thirty seconds, going, you know, the, the thing, and he's <laughs> the hand gestures with his were brilliant. Shavoni's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Doing the hand <laughs> gestures back to him. It's, it's so funny. They, they have to work so hard. Again, like Heenan and Schiavone. Every time something happens, they're like, just cut to Heenan and Schiavone. They'll fill. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, poor bastards. This must be such a difficult job. Uh, no, well, they are taking the piss out of each other, mainly yeah I think they're meant to be doing it seriously but they just don't they They give up after the first couple of matches they're just having a ball here I've seen Zodiac Savage (laughs) (laughs) this is not for me if Ed Leslie's getting paid five grand for this so speaking of which our next match to see whether Lex Luger will face the matchup man Randy Savage tonight Lex Luger will take on Meng with the taskmaster Kevin Sullivan in his Scott Norton flash gear (laughs) podcast. (laughs) it's exactly the same and it still fits yeah it's fucking great So is it just me or are they calling Meng Ming the whole time? No, they they there there is definitely Meng idea. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Listen to this back. I swear, like the few times they're just like, yeah, Ming over here is <laughs> doing this. No, I didn't I, I didn't catch that for me. All right. But I enjoyed Meng's little headdress when he was coming out to the ring. It's nice. And when he unveils it, he's yeah. got the short up top but with the braids down the back. Mm. Like, ooh, hybrid mullets. <laughs> We're getting the... interesting. I love yeah. you, Meng. <laughs> <laughs> So Liger has lost all his narcissist gimmicks. You know everything. Liger, sorry, I I made that mistake a few times. I mean, I'd I'd love to watch Liger versus Meng (laughs) right now. It'd be better than Luger versus Meng. It's because we did him last week, and I've been thinking about Liger a lot this month. So uh, Luger lost (laughs) all his. (laughs) Luger's lost all his narcissist gimmicks. You know anything that made him interesting. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a man with a mullet and some black trunks now. Stone cold, super. He's a Hollywood blonde fucking hell so commentary get over the Luger not like (laughs) do you think he's removed the steel plate from his elbow at this stage well they talk about it on commentary at one point but they're not selling it in the match at all he's throwing elbows and Ming's just like okay cool that fake steel plate that knocked out Yoko it's weird, isn't it? So, uh, the, the commentary get over that Luga might be in cahoots with the Dungeon of Doom, but they're not sure what's going on. Again, having to tell the story yeah. because the wrestling isn't telling the story, really, at this point. Are you suggesting that a Luga versus Meng match isn't having the ability of telling stories? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just some, okay. sometimes if my notes are on here and it turns off, my notes then appear on my watch. Oh, interesting. And I'll be nice. like, I didn't write that about Luga, did I? <laughs> <laughs> So Heenan, about Meng says this line. It takes a lot to hurt him. You could probably throw him off the roof in a truck. Wouldn't bother him. Probably the nicest evening he's ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great, man. Oh, I-, I love the foreshadowing as well. You could throw him off the roof oh, in a truck. Yeah, exactly. Just totally taking the piss. <laughs> so Luga's selling is just amazing. He gets punched. He screams, yarg, and shakes his arm like a toddler and throws himself into the turnbuckle. Basically, he's pop-up pirate it's fucking brilliant I know we've gone on about this before but Luger's selling it's the worst man yeah it... he's just terrible do you think in all honesty had they let him win the belt off Yoko he could have actually had a decent main event career nah never absolutely <laughs> never I hate Luger I hate everything about him I find him hilarious at times but I've never seen a match I enjoyed I, you can't cut promos for the fucking live nor money his face is smaller than his head. You know? I <laughs> like... saw the thing on your Twitter. It's great. His face only takes up about a third of his head. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Very spa- very spatially aware. Yeah. Good. So uh, the commentary are talking about Flair and he's just been seen backstage and Stinger has just arrived at the arena. They're completely ignoring this match like entirely for the first like few minutes of it. I'm not going to lie to you. So did I. Yeah. I think everyone did. <laughs> this? So the commentary finally come back to the match, uh, suggesting that Luger hasn't committed to the Dungeon of Doom yet. But Sullivan wants Luger. And ah, oh, this finish meng stabs luger in the neck with the golden spike the asiatic spike as it's called they can't even decide on what the name of the fucking thing is meng goes to pin luger for the one two sullivan suddenly gets in the ring because he almost misses the spot <laughs> gives a little stomp to luger who's on the floor being pinned uh, the ref calls for the bell so the winner is luger via disqualification and Nick yeah, Nick Patrick called for the bell at 13 minutes and 13 seconds this it's match lasted th- flipping hell it was long considering the other two matches before got like three and four minutes and such and there's a 90 second match before this with Macho Man Randy Savage in it I-, I mean one would suggest that you know Luger might have a future role in this show <laughs> and Meng may not but if you're just watching this as a standalone the psychology of hang on the manager's just broken up the pinfall of his own wrestler yeah. hang on Oh, foreshadowing. I wonder where this is going, you know? <laughs> a manager interfering in a match. <sighs> so Sullivan talks down Meng post match, who's shoving him, you know? Uh, Luga will wrestle Randy Savage later tonight. So we jump to backstage with Mean Gene Oakland with the Giant. Giant in his XXXXXL racing suit. <laughs> He's a big boy. Very, very big boy, according to the ring announcer, four hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, seven foot four, I think they call it yeah. as well. <laughs> Uh, so there's this absolutely brilliant moment here these these little inc- incentricities of pro wrestling that I absolutely adore Giant grabs Gene's hand with the microphone in it and pulls it to his face to cut the promo and Gene like an absolute thon starts selling his hand yeah it's so good man so just by the Giant grabbing him he's like oh my hand ah as Giant's cutting this promo shouting like 3,000 horsepower some 11, 12,000 pounds <laughs> which is actually like the volume of Burger he'd eaten prior to the show, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, start, you can tell man. here the giant as he's so new, he's very very shaky on his promo. He's very yeah. nervous having to do this. Uh, you'd assume this was also a pre-tape, yeah. But absolutely. His because he's l- obviously out in the monster truck getting ready, you know. But then, <laughs> well, of course, but then he's like 000, three thousand, three thousand horsepower, 12,000 horsepower. Uh, oh maniacal laugh. <laughs> it's like oh. It's Paul White. Very what have you done. B movie, cheesy, Dungeon <laughs> of Doom bullshit. Fomaniacal laugh. Yeah. Sure <laughs> is. I like that introduction. <laughs> How dare you? That was hot. That was Oscar worthy. Our combined performance. So he cuts this kind of generic promos he talk about. I want the belt, the monster truck bollocks, etc. etc. He's getting the points across. He needs to get across at least. I want to drive a truck. Then we'll have a break. And then we'll have a fight. And I'll win the belt. There we go. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> no, that's what he's in his promo pretty much. So, this is exactly halfway through the show, this promo. Okay. They've crammed five matches in, all these promos, all these bits the camera with Shavoni and Heenan and such. There are three matches to go and a monster truck thing. It's it's a lot to cram in under ninety minutes. Yeah. You know, this whole show is what, two and a bit hours? Two thirty eight. Yeah, like they're crammed five matches in. Like yeah. I quite like the idea. Hang on, of on, sorry, you're considering Zodiac Savage a match? <laughs> well, yeah, just about. I quite like the idea of cramming lots of short matches and get people on the show, kind of small lucha stuff. But then you think you could even them out a little bit, having like a 17 minute opener, and then a 90 second, a three minute, a four minute, and then another 12 minutes after that. Yeah, but it's the, it was setting up for the the secondary story leading to this to give them enough time. Yeah. Get yeah. rushed through it. Get enough time. But this is how they booked Nitro, yeah, right up until kind of Russo's leaving almost, you know, right at the end, which is 2001, the end of WCW, wasn't it? Yeah, except we only had one nutshot in this show so far. Yeah, absolutely. But they never lose this format, really. No. It's kind of weird. But then if you think like the WWE, they've got two or three standard templates that they just rotate. Yeah, sure. You would have thought someone would try something different in that kind of 12, 13 year period. It makes money. Yeah, sort of, isn't it? So... Do, do, do. the horseman music kicks in and here we fucking go boys here we go on anderson and brian pillman throwing up the four finger salute for the Horsemen as they make their entrance pillman slapping hands of fans though <laughs> you're a heel mate <laughs> versus rick flair and sting or so it's been booked but as we know sting uh, Flair has been attacked backstage. So will he appear for the match? Oh, I don't know. The anticipation is killing me. <laughs> is this the first time that Arn and Pillman come out throwing up the four? I think so, leading up to it. Certainly on pay per view. I think maybe a nitro leading up to it, because as you said, when they were starting to troll Flair. Yeah. Because the last pay per view it was Arn versus Flair. Yeah, it was a uh, Pil- full brawl, I think yeah, it was. They had a cage match as well on Nitro, didn't they? And the whole idea was that Pillman was there to try and re- re- you know, reunite the, uh, the four horsemen. Sure. So Pillman has this beautiful red bedazzled jacket and matching tights with tassels. Jeez. Jeez. Looks like an absolute star. Who would later switch to the leather jacket, the waistcoat thing, yeah, and start to kind of develop this other character as we've kind of talked about before. Yeah, the loose cannon character. But this yeah. is that beautiful transition period where he's losing. Nice Brian. heel, Brian Pillman. Really interesting. So you know, he's are saying about slapping hands and such. Yeah. Almost feeds into this transition because he slaps hands with the fans, then goes up and talks shit to the camera like, "Ah, yeah. oh, you piece of crap," you know. All this sort of stuff it's really interesting character development yeah four years in as well from when we last saw him in, in New Japan you could tell he always had the the it factor in the ring but the, he's starting to get his personality yeah. come across the fans are into it they you know he will at that stage he would never be on the same level as Flair and Iron Anderson but be, by being just associated with those guys and also Sting yeah, it shows how much they thought of Pillman at that level it's a case of well he is at this level now absolutely you can see why they want him involved yeah he's hand-picked they're like that's the guy we want flair and arn have picked him absolutely down. Man. so man called sting hits and the and the ring announcer adu- introduces rick flair and you're like oh fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> and his partner sting orange and black stinger this time there is no flair he has not arrived lazy lazy son of a bitch <laughs> sting looks awesome Sting looks great. Blonde crew cut Sting, red and black face paint, matching red, I'm sorry, orange and black face paint, give me Benjamin uh, <laughs> matching tights, looks absolutely great. Superstar. I considering the last time we saw Sting when we're doing the trilogy, he was opening the yeah. Tokyo Dome. It's like, again, they've really found their characters. Obviously, he's now had his run with Sting, yeah. which would have been like the year later and he's now very much established as a top player in WCW whereas Pillman's having a lot more of a slow career development. Sure. on uh, Anderson, looks like my dad will always love arn anderson the best yeah the most solid wrestler there's ever been yeah I'd mr say reliable so. can sell can work and hit spots can look dominant just does everything perfectly i don't think i've ever, i mean obviously i've never seen an Arne Anderson match that i've gone oh my god i must watch this match all the time but i've okay. never ever seen an arn anderson match that he's done something bad yeah absolutely see i would say even the people about were- that this match is yeah. A perfect example of how good he is yeah this is one of my favorite matches of all time he is very much he is the building blocks of every in-ring story that needs to be told in this absolutely man uh the linchpin yeah you know Flair's the flare you know ironically uh pillman's the young up-and-comer you have to have stinger and on as the workhorses yeah. here so it's now two-on-one handicap match of arn anderson and brian pillman the two horsemen <laughs> yeah who's the fourth at <laughs> this moment in time so we get there in a second uh, well later anyway uh, we will talk about it on episode three of this trilogy yeah. i think good old fortune from back in tna days <laughs> <laughs> fuck that versus <laughs> the stinger sting so on those know, to escape, to the stinger
1: all well, you have to say
0: is <laughs> name, you know. Anyway, so uh, Arn goes to escape a full Nelson by getting his feet up on the top rope, and Sting just lets go, letting Arn fall on his back. Fucking yep. brilliant spot. Loved it. The, the pantomime cells of Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman in this match? So, how dare he? They're I'm so, Arn Anderson. They're so good. Uh, Pillman screaming at the camera on the outside. Uh, Arn and Pillman trying every dastardly trick in the book to get the advantage, even though they're two on one. But they can't get the better of the stinger. Uh, Arn and Pillman flopping around the ring, shouting at the crowd. They are hilarious heels. Just the best. Uh, Arn slams Stinger's head into Pillman's head. Old school Anderson style as they yeah. put on commentary. Sacrificing his own teammate to get the advantage. Uh, commentary do a fucking great job here. I, yeah. I in not know what I- else to say. It's just perfect, no. isn't it? And again, this is the same thing as having Pillman with Arn Anderson, yeah. you could already tell just the facial expressions and the little nuances of storytelling yeah. that Pillman's getting involved with as well. Yeah, sure. It, essentially, it's the finishing school. If you watch any match from this card, watch this one. Oh, why? And the monster trap. <laughs> <laughs> so, halfway through the match, Arn's finally got the advantage. Him and Pillman are starting to work over Stinger. They, they've also got to this stage as well where Arn Anderson sometimes using Pillman as, like, a weapon. Yeah. He literally At- chucks him off the top and Pillman misses. <laughs> and, 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 and <laughs> and they fucking get, great. And they get over all the points, like, well, Arn Anderson, Arn and Ola used to use each other as battering rams to get the advantage. Yeah. And there's also a really nice point before Flair comes out, where Stinger's got uh, Pillman up for a gorilla press slam and the referee climbs on the ropes to stop him doing it it's like it's so good everything you could tell who's writing yeah. the in-ring story of this match to it's stop so Sting good. throwing Pillman to the outside the ref's yeah. like no please stop standing on the turnbuckle waving his arms and Sting's like alright just throw him down on the canvas really putting over Sting's strength and the heat coming yeah. into the match and everything and how these guys hate each other you know uh, Pillman when he misses that spot off the top when Arn chucks him he immediately rolls to the camera and sells at the camera yeah it's perfect man they're so good the bit on the outside as well where he's just lying on the back then he goes like he's out you can see his eyes are rolling in the back of his head yeah so funny man so here comes flair with a huge plaster on his forehead it's literally what four inches of plaster? four inches couldn't be more to get changed <laughs> No, he's wearing street clothes still wearing slacks and a t-shirt absolutely he tries to get it on but the ref gets in the way and drags him out to the corner good refereeing good flair- solid refereeing. flair eventually takes his spot on the apron awaiting the tag from singh the horsemen proceed to work over Sting as you might expect a heel tag team to beat down the guy. You know, uh, they tease the te- the tag to flare over and over and over. Pillman failing to hit his moves, comedy selling is genius yep. at this time, but the Stinger never quite gets the flare heenan goes is stinger quitter i heard he would <laughs> 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 which is the best line of this heenan then to shavoni goes still to come savage and luga monster trucks championship title match wow if you weren't here this would be really fun <laughs> like, fuck off shavoni <laughs> so funny so flair constantly chomping at the bit to get in the ring grabbing at pillman the one where he, like, Pillman went really closely, grabbed the back of his hair and Pillman's face of fear was like, oh no! Absolutely. Flair's climbing the ropes to get at the heels, strutting up and down the ringside, popping the crowd. The ref constantly has to cut Flair off. I think he's getting a bit sick of it. He's like, for fuck's sake, Flair. Stay <laughs> in the corner. It's really good. Stop selling Flair. Stop telling a story. Honestly, watching this through, I forgot how good this was. I've seen it before, but it's one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. Four of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah, like Sting selling and Flair winding up the crowd. The heat that's coming for that hot tag is insane. The first time this part paid, part free ticketed crowd are really into the show as well. It's only a half paid crowd. Yeah, (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? But I said that the emotion to try and get that hot tag to flare. yeah every time they just wanted that bit more and they get that little bit louder and you could tell like flair and arnish doing this going not yet not yet yeah yeah we'll get there yeah. don't worry boys <laughs> the crowd are desperate for sting to make the tag to flare. because everyone w- hates sting they are, re- <laughs> <laughs> they are red hawks they think he's in serious trouble here yeah. sting's selling is genius as well like he's the strong strong guy on and, and Pillman struggle to get the advantage but once they get that advantage God Sting's work right here so much better than I remember it being the only thing I will say as a more criticism of the double teaming on Sting yeah. is when they've got like the um they're, they're doing their stretching moves in the corner they're using the, each other's hands for leverage yeah yeah so when like he's got in the abdominal stretch <laughs> i love it and like- they just have like, pillman's got his hand just by his side it just does <laughs> a little pull to on it's like you've literally given him no leverage at all there and then the other one when when uh, anderson's the outside and like pillman's got his hold locked in and it's like i'll pull on it's like well, if anything you've released the pressure by pulling him that way <laughs> but that's that brilliant like it only works in pro wrestling yeah. shit i love it man it's hilariously fun. but it was beautiful that they did it's one like reversing each. the pressure with the figure four it makes yeah. no sense but it's great you could see because even pillman that just the little things like just yeah. the slowly moving his hand down to his side and slowly moving it into the ring so dastardly as he does it the crowd go oh no they build up every momentum you know and i can tell you that abdominal stretch oh crikey when you're (laughs) locked in one of those especially if someone's adding the extra pressure my word Sting finally manages to smash Pilman into Arn in the Horseman's corner. Everyone is down apart from Flair, who's winding the crowd up into a frenzy. Sting drags himself to his feet, stumbles over to Flair, and makes the volcanic, erupting hot tag to Flair as the crowd go Boom. fucking mental. Yeah. Sting falls into his own corner. Flair struts across the ring and on sells it with both hands up going, no! Flair hits the ropes, struts past on Anderson and smashes Sting in the face <laughs> yeah. in the greatest moment that I think I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Uh, the, the crowd being so so hot, it's just so... Uh, it's in shock. They boo the shit out of <laughs> It's fucking... Brilliant! <laughs> so immediately, Flair, on and Pillman are kicking the shit out of the stick on the floor. It's they had him in the palm of his hand. The whole thing. Fuck, Flair is the best man. Loved it. Holy shit! I like. I love pro wrestling. You love pro wrestling. Yeah. This is, this pro is wrestling. as good as it gets. Yeah. Fucking hell, man! I, I was never the biggest Flair fan in the world. As we talked on last week's pod, but like this. My god, he's the best to wind up a crowd and to trick them at the last second. I've always said heel flare is the best. The dirtiest uh, right. player in the game, baby. Riding up that crowd <laughs> yeah. is so good. And as you said, it's just it got to fever pitch and it was a case where they got the tag and then they didn't even milk it. It was like, <laughs> nope. Straight in. flare <laughs> <laughs> strutting across the ring, hitting the rope, strutting back, and a just smacking Sting in the face. It's fucking Beautifully done. It's so good. And again, I can ima- you guarantee the live crowd Cause as you said, like Arn and Flair had had a steel cage match the month before. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen it coming. <laughs> no, absolutely. There was literally in this match no foreshadowing whatsoever. No, it's great. It's so perfect. It's just the best. So, uh, fans, I bet you knew about this, Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't selling it like no genuinely I didn't know It's oh, it so good so fans are throwing rubbish into the ring and the whole place is littered four finger salutes from flair strutting in the ring it's just perfection it's so so good Mean Gene at the entranceway calls it the most disgusting thing he's ever seen again if you need someone he to never put China over... sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> but again if you need someone to put something over get, Gene get Mean it. Gene out there fucking A oh fucking so good so um gene really randomly here cuts back to hawk without face paint on the wcw hotline as this angle is still going Wait, on yeah because gene gene basically says he's in the in the aisleway way and he's like right i'm gonna see if i'm get a hold of these gentlemen but if call now on the hotline you've got mike tanay and hawk <laughs> lying to fans on the hotline you know <laughs> both of them talking at the same time get a chance to talk to hawk and they're both doing really bad a dubbing of yeah, voices. Sure. Okay, guys, pretend to be talking on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Mean Gene on the entrance ramp. Flair grabs the mic and is like, "All right, now we go to school." <laughs> just like Flair's promo here, his ultimate hyped, like just coked out of his fucking brain. Flair promo. The only thing I I had about this because like I was when we mentioned the '92 um Rumble before and when yeah. Flair threw to Perfect. Perfect like, so, "Oh, cut a promo." Mm. I think he caught Pillman off guard He's yeah. so like tell him flying, Brian and he's like uh, woo woo <laughs> yeah <laughs> throws up the floor <laughs> that's about it and, and Flair's all looking going right okay i'll do some more talking tell him about it on but Arn knows it's coming because yeah. he's been here before and also he was <laughs> nice <laughs> enough to throw it to Ar- to pillman first because i was like oh fuck he's coming to me next <laughs> <laughs> i've just worked a really hard match you've stood on the ring apron oh it's so good flair finishes finishes this promo by going reunited and it feels so good horseman style it's fucking brilliant man and having Pillman in the Horseman with Arn and Flair. Fucking A. Yeah. Absolutely Delightful. I think from a tag match, one of the best tag matches that have ever, ever happened this yeah. match. considering it's a handicap match as well. Yeah. And then, But then they build up to the Flair But They build moment. up to the hot tag of a standard tag match. <sighs> the story here is perfection. Like, let's steal this. Let's use this again, please. Yeah. It's so good. M- I don't want people to stop listening to this podcast. But if you're at home and you have the network there, you pause this. Watch that match. Watch Halloween that. Havoc 1995. Just go into the in-ring section, WCW pay-per-views. Find this match. Just This is 20 minutes of your life that you will not regret going to watch if it's, you love professional wrestling. The selling alone is perfection. It's, it's so, so good. I know I've said that word like 10 times yeah. now, but it really is. Pillman is outstanding with his facials. Yeah. And his storytelling in the last four years since New, the uh, New Japan Starcade, he's got the chance to express himself he's got his chance to develop his own character and as you said you're seeing that you're getting the slight tweaks into that loose canonish character yeah. shouting at the camera being able to have his own own path to follow it's it's incredible and, and alongside these three yeah who better to learn from exactly and it said just being able to team with Arn for like those couple of months leading up to it against flair and, and this it comes off the <laughs> team with austin yeah yeah exactly yeah, brilliant and what a character transition from the really Pretty boy flying Brian Pillman to one of the Hollywood blondes to now flying Brian going on that dark turn with the horseman, amazing. So again, uh, Shivoni and Heenan run down the horseman situation after this, as you might expect, and we cut backstage to Mike Tanay with an almost nonsensical Lex Luger. He says this line: "It's you and I, the big boys, getting it all." And I'm like, "Oh, hello." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's obviously talking about Randy Savage here. Uh, he can't even say his own name properly at times. He'll go like, Lex Luger. <laughs> Things like that. He's it's terrible. A, he goes on finish the promo. He's like, I don't care if, match, if you're friends with Hogan. I'm going through Macho Man and my road to becoming the champion. The greatest wrestler ever. Right. <laughs> he's got a point, to be fair. Well, he's got to go through S- Savage and Hogan to be <laughs> the greatest wrestler ever. And sadly, he didn't get through Hogan. Absolutely not. So, uh, Jesus, enough with the Shivoni and Heenan to camera spots. It's just endless at this point. Well, we're having to set up the videotape to yeah. play to the live crowd. That's what this was. So, some kid is flipping off the camera behind Shivoni and and He does it like 10 times. It's fucking great. It's on the network still. <laughs> it's just the best. Basically, Vince cared so little about WCW. He's like, Vince, do you want me to go and edit any of this? Nope. Hogan and Giant video recap time. This was a long ass recap. Just, just bullet points. I'll try and throw it quickly because this is a long pod already. (laughs) Okay. Giant is Andre's son. Bullshit, but you know, uh, Giant has joined the Dungeon of Doom. Giant attacks Hogan over and over again. Giant ran over Hulk Hogan's Harley with a monster truck and almost people as you do <laughs> that'll learn him oh i've beaten up hogan so much how am i going to get to him run over that harley davidson that he's going to give away basically that was Har- hogan's old harley he taped it together so have this mate ride it home <laughs> giant has snapped hogan's neck in a cage match um the same finisher that bray white used then was like you can't do that absolutely uh, so hogan wants to get a bigger stronger monster truck to beat the giant <laughs> of course especially leading up to this that they said we're going to meet this guy who's helped build both monster trucks on commentary beforehand <sighs> Giant beats down sorry the WCW roster on Nitro a few times to get him over as the Giant obviously yeah. uh, Hogan tries to confront Giant but Sullivan dressed as an old woman throws powder in Hogan's eyes from uh, ringside they, who's that woman <laughs> from commentary <laughs> with, the, with the forehead paint you know she's got big eyebrows oh fuck's sake <laughs> So the giant snaps Hogan's neck again and Sullivan shaved off Hogan's um, mustache. Ooh, oh, oh no, it's his just, mustache. It's like Samson, he's lost all his power. <laughs> <laughs> so Hogan's now coming out in all black. Like dark side Hogan, yeah? Yeah. I guess that's what we're going for here. Pre-NWO dark side Hogan so the first time. If it was Michael knee introducing Hogan, he <laughs> would be Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so they're also putting over the insurance plan is unveiled ah the The yeti Yeti. so um (laughs) the voiceover goes the first machine against machine as the two first control their sumo monster truck singular (laughs) not trucks well technically it's barred together so it's one vehicle (laughs) the grammar in this promo fucking hell so there's an explosive battle Uh, Sorry, then an explosive battle, and then men against men, as the graphic of monster trucks transform into Hogan and Giant. (laughs) Like, okay, so they are the monster trucks? I don't understand what's happening here. Someone was really good at using animation software in 95 to go, I can make it change from the monster truck into Hogan. (laughs) Watch. As the determined Hulk Hogan defends the WCW world title against the most feared and awesome competitor, world championship wrestling has ever witnessed Reese and, <laughs> and must contend with what lies ahead god the grammar in this is terrible I, f- I forgot a point of this paper that really wound me up and as you mentioned it like Hogan's defending the, the world heavyweight championship fucking Luger in the promo prize. to this I want to be the world's heavyweight champion were well, you in the wrong promotion <laughs> fucking A man uh, that annoys me like let's get our gimmicks down you know it's not the gold for the rush for the tournament battle royals
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so cut back to commentary position again as shavonia has been now replaced by eric bischoff at commentary and P- bob holly bob-, bob chandler is also <laughs> here the man who built monsters uh hogan's monster truck no no hogan built his own monster truck <laughs> per- promo. bischoff's immediately like this is the guy that built the monster truck and you're like for fuck's sake boys get your gimmicks down we need to get the petrol head stuff out of the way soon how heavy are these and like he going how big are the wheels <laughs> this this petrolhead talk stuff is like no one gives a fuck just get to it please which is what we're gonna do other than this comment how much alcohol is in it oh, apparently they run on monster trucks you know yeah and they run on monster, monster energy monster, drink <laughs> the monster trucks run on alcohol sorry is the thing they put over and so did half the locker room at this stage <laughs> here we go oh the first ever machine versus machine match in wrestling history some redneck referee goes over the rules. <laughs> he stumbles over them like four or five times. But to make sure we got it over, Hogan was like right, let's let's go through the rules. Tell him, brother referee. <laughs> <laughs> brother referee. He's not one of the Dudley boys. There are apparently some charges placed in the circle. Two secret hidden charges. Which only one goes off? Yep. Okay, great. And uh, on the skirts of the circle, not in the circle, you have to sumo your opponent's monster truck out of the ring. The whole truck, not one axle, not just one but axle, but two axles. <laughs> Both axle roses must leave the circle. The UCW puke copter is back here. <laughs> yeah. So they've got uh, the puke copters circling this, filming it. It's a quite a cool level of production. Well, you say it's circling it, it's repeating the same shot. They've cut the footage. <laughs> Oh god Putting they- over that, There's a car park one side And the river the other Yeah I wonder if that's going to be Foreshadowing They apparently Weld the monster trucks together Is That's it- a pretty quick weld By the way <laughs> Yeah I was about to say It takes them What? Five seconds To weld monster trucks together Yeah That immediately dries And it's blend- blended You know yeah, They must be bonded, using I know so- Gorilla glue <laughs> <laughs> Rip the gaffer tape out That'll work you No know? more nails Here we go <laughs> Nothing will come off lads You can clearly see the actual drivers of the truck sitting next to Hogan and Giant and they're all black suits. Oh, but they got that over on the commentary (laughs) that you need two people to drive it. It's like they fucked up. We're like, we're going to have to justify this somehow. Why there's someone sitting next to them that we haven't put a camera on? Yeah. And they talk about how like, you know, you've got separate axles to drive and all this sort of bullshit. It's nonsense. It was really good that Zodiac got to be a second appearance so double his money (laughs) because Hogan still (laughs) have a driver. (laughs) So commentary tried to put this over as a pilot-co-pilot bullshit situation. Yeah, Giant pushes Hogan back. Hogan pushes Giant back. Repeat. Giant pushes Hogan back. (laughs) Hogan pushes Giant... (laughs) No, wait. Hogan adjusts his rear axle to obviously get in a good position to push the giant back. Fucking (laughs) hell. Don't get too worried about this, because after a lot of this pushing and shoving, like watching Kane versus Big Show for the umpteenth time, the Hogan truck almost gets pushed out, and he hits one of the charges that's supposed to disable the monster truck, but the monster truck is not disabled. (laughs) And and they miss the pyro. (laughs) Heenan, in his most sarcastic voice that I've ever heard, goes... This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. He then continues to go, Is that rain on the roof? Or was Hogan just nervous earlier? <laughs> it's fucking great. <sighs> so after this bloody explosion thing goes off, explosion? Well, I that- think that's very generous. Yeah. After my confetti cannon goes off at ringside, Hogan's monster truck finally pushes the giant's monster truck out of the circle. Because Big Show forgot where the brake pedal was. <laughs> Both Giant and Hogan out of the trucks now. Giant chokes Hogan and pushes him towards the edge of the building. Hang on, that wall looks obviously permanent. They both conveniently take a step up each onto this wall thing, you know? Yep. <laughs> Fucking hell. Hogan throws his hands up, breaking the Giant's grip. Giant goes, Aloha <laughs> <laughs> with both arms. All I can describe is comedy waving. Essentially, he's doing arm stretches. He's doing windmills. <sighs> well, had Big Show done the windmill the other way, momentum <laughs> yes. would have pushed him back. He would have stood back up. <laughs> but in the words of Shame McMahon, I'm so big, uh, I'm so dumb. Fi-fi. Oh god, so Giant falls off the fucking roof to his death. Five stories up, ladies and gentlemen. The big show plummets and Hogan looks down and said, oh my word, he was white. Quick, I need help. <laughs> Bob Chandler on commentary immediately goes, well, what do we do now? <laughs> like, so banter. And it's you heard Bischoff Bishop say, turn around. <laughs> oh, commentary well. oh, fucking hell, man. So Hogan has just murdered the giant. No, well, hang on. <laughs> Hogan has won the sumo truck match. And murdered the giant in the process. Well, that's that's K No, because he escaped the big show. What do you show. mean no? He didn't push the giant. He escaped his glass and the big <laughs> show lost his foot. Sorry, the giant lost his footing. And swung his arms backwards so he fell into that map. <sighs> I mean, the the car park or river either F- side. You know. But it's okay. We've sent security up there. <laughs> It'll be fine. We've <laughs> sent security up to the person who's gone down oh so dumb your next match <laughs> <laughs> i mean th- it's not fun to <sighs> make jokes about this but you know a professional wrestling shows is something serious happens like a wrestler gets injured the show's called whereas yeah. wcw like oh the giant's dead let's go with our pre-main <laughs> event luga gives zero fucks as he makes his entrance just looking happy and jolly to be in a match double pay you would have thought with a, a moment like this, a spot like this on the show, you'd probably put something dead after it, you know? And that's what they did. <laughs> well, this is overbooked to shit. <laughs> you got Lex Luger versus Macho Man Randy Savage. A special attraction match as announced <laughs> by Dave Penza. <laughs> Shivoni goes, I'm going to be honest with you, we might, might not have a, li- a title match later this evening. He's fucking dead. Might not have are you not aware that the Milky Way was ready my son they just murdered the number one contender <laughs> like what the fuck people don't die when there's a full moon outside <laughs> and the Milky Way in perfect alignment Uh Liger wants to shake oh, what a Liger fuck's I <laughs> keep doing that sorry da, 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 da. Luger a very different wrestler wants to shake hands but Savage is having just none of it Thunder Luger <laughs> massive racist Jimmy Hart comes out <laughs> and stands at ringside <laughs> Heenan then goes, they're not allowing the cameras outside. That doesn't sound good, talking about the monster truck shit. Heenan does not give a fuck about this match at all. Do you know why? Because the monster trucks have been airlifted off the top of the building <laughs> and they're not there anymore. That's why the cameras can't go out there. Shivoni tries to put over the Dungeon of Doom Luga storyline, but Heenan doesn't give a fuck. He just keeps going on about Giant being murdered. <laughs> you know? uh, rightly so. Rightly it's the, so. Most, the best talking point. Lots of back and forth, walk and brawl bullshit in this match. They're they're calling this in. Absolutely calling it in. Jimmy Hart up on the apron, distracting the ref. Boo. Meaning the ref doesn't count a pinfall for Luger. Who would have thought it? Considering he's turning to be with Luger. Yeah. This is the wrong move. They've obviously timed this wrong. Foreshadowing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Savage throws Luger into Jimmy, knocking Jimmy Hart down off the apron. How dare you? He's a treasure. Savage drops the elbow for the one, two, three. Who gives a fuck who just won the match? The giant just got murdered. <laughs> what are we doing? Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Wow. Make you work. <laughs> Make his- Savage wins the match as Luger sells. Or that was that's what he calls it, at least. Um, <laughs> Heenan shouts at Shivoni and Heenan uh, as Bobby walks off. like Just like, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. Uh, Shivoni goes, we don't know if the giant is going to turn up. And I'm like, yeah, he's fucking dead. He's probably not going to turn up. Oh uh, anyway, so Heenan comes back to commentary. Uh we can talk about astronauts on the moon, but we can't find out what's happening fifty foot outside this building right now. <laughs> Heenan puts over uh the friendship with Giant's father Andre. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. You know, saying, Oh, my my friend's son has just been murdered. <laughs> like at least he's trying here. Yeah, especially. The only one that's trying. Especially for the whole show, they were trying to drop the Oh hang on, we've said he's Andre's kid. Mm yeah and then he's in helping matters going i knew his dead. they're reasonably subtle about it at times I would oh, say. oh hang on i've just worked it out they killed andre's son but the giant was born in the yeti oh, cave oh i like it i like it so they replay the fucking murder at this point and you're like oh good jobs yeah a bit of a snuff video we're doing now are we fine re- reviewing evidence in court this should be called cool you know wcw let's do a snuff movie rather than halloween havoc hang on they did that with girls gone wild (laughs) wrong type of stuff but it's fine uh so uh there is a moment when i realized that when they replay this the hogan looked down after the giant fell yeah so he saw the giant fall to his death yeah and then ran off for help yeah right so we've definitely established he's 100 percent dead i I mean maybe he got caught on a flagpole there we go oh for fuck's sake okay that's all right because it's now wait hang on hang on we've got something else to do haven't we no it's uh introduction of Shimoni goes uh we've still been waiting there's no giant yet because he's fucking dead i think we've established they do a lot of shilling and then i'm thinking about the heel turn that happens later so it doesn't happen they've got big mike mikey b kicking out so michael buffers in the ring and i'm like surely this is the end of the, the show at this point we just call it and we go home right someone's died we count it to 10 if big shows count now he's lost the title opportunity <laughs> so michael Buffer starts to do his in-ring shtick as always Buffer starts to introduce the giant and he goes there's been a change <laughs> as Hulk hogan makes his it's entrance. american made in his jolly american man hogan cuts the promo Hogan suggested that the giant fell onto the car park so he's 100% dead. And uh no, here's the giant. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's also had time to get out of his monster truck gear and put on his singlet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking WCW man. Apparently, uh listening to uh Sullivan talk about this in a YouTube video, this was 100% Hulk Hogan. <laughs> this was his idea. It's how he wanted to do it. I love it. If I'm not going to go over in the main event, I'm going to win the monster truck thing and murder you. Yeah. Surely the whole idea, Hogan, is you needed to be murdered and then be beaten up because then you look stronger. Because he's the face. I've just beaten up a man who died. Sullivan tells a story about being upset with this idea, then going away and, as he put it, taking something in his hotel room to get over it, and turning up. A bath. He took (laughs) a bath. Took a lovely bath. (laughs) Turning up five minutes after they shot the bit. With the monster trucks and me like oh fuck, it's done there's nothing i can do now <laughs> you're like it's great it's so funny but you can imagine that frustration any job that you're in like you're in charge but your boss above you does this right i've got a great plan for this oh hi boss i've got a great idea oh fantastic tax well what i've done is actually this oh cheers nigel it's so weird so this match is apparently according to the notes that i found a WCW World Heavyweight title where the match where the title can change hands via disqualification. I'm really glad you mentioned that. because, yeah. Well, let's go through the match. Okay. Where does that come from? Do you know? No idea, but it certainly throws things around at the end. Because they didn't mention it, did no. they, on commentary? But it's definitely promoted as this. It's promoted as that, but nowhere during the introductions was it mentioned that it could change on a DQ. Yeah. Maybe with purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what we might be alluding to if you've not watched Halloween Havoc 95. So we've got Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart. Hulk Hogan's our current WCW World Heavyweight Champion versus The Giant with Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster at ringside. You haven't done our classic bit for the end of our podcast for our last match. Because- oh, it's our main event of the evening. So I didn't even put in my notes this time. Gotta get <laughs> the just- gimmicks in, brother. <laughs> I <was hardly> distracted <laughs> by this terrible storyline. Well, a man has just died. <laughs> What do you expect? <laughs> Let's wrestle. Who cares about death? <laughs> it's all fine. Well, that's what they did it over the edge. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I knew we had to put it in there somewhere, but like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Any wrestling show where that happens should stop instantly. Absolutely. Let's get that done. Quick side note. British Board going to Hall of Fame. Very, very good. Deserved. Very well good. overdue. Well overdue. But Will this think... kid induct him is the interesting bit. Yeah. yeah. But as opposed to people that are well overdue, this match was very long. For a lot of kick punch struggle in the corner, this was fucking awful. (laughs) I don't disagree. Uh, Well, I agree completely. They face off the bell rings. Uh, Hogan takes off his bandana, and he has forehead paint just like Sullivan on the outside because, you know, wrestling. And Big Show's like, Daddy! (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh no, Andre. Andre's dead, mate. Giant no-sells everything. Deservedly so. Hogan does some selling. Fine, yeah, okay. Because he wants to get his little mate over. It's fucking trash, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, commentary, try and sell that Giant is not a man. He's superhuman because he survived a fall off a five-story building. I imagine, basically, Giant fell off and did this. Ah! <laughs> uh, Hello. Oh, was, oh, <laughs> crapping hell. <laughs> oh, that was a long fall. And then did this guy. Oh, no, I left my wallet in the monster truck and we've got <sighs> up five flights of stairs. It's fucking brilliant. Hogan clothesline the think giant. You've got the word for shit wrong. <laughs> Hogan clothesline giant over the top rope. I just lost my hat, but let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> just, actually, done. Oh, it dropped five floors, it's dead. <laughs> oh, it magically appeared. It's fine <laughs> on my head. Sullivan tries to get the giant to the back, but Hogan drags giant back into the ring. Because, you know, Giants are heel. And this is what heels oh, yeah. have to do, right? They've got to escape from their title match. <sighs> Dark side Hogan chops Giant in the throat, rakes the eyes of the Giant. Doing... Back rake as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah classic Hogan. Hogan evil ship. Uh, but Giant hits a big backbreaker. Uh, Heenan points out that the Giant is a massive dummy because he's not going after Hogan's neck. You know, the thing that was in the brace for the last yeah. month or so. It's weird, isn't it? They just don't acknowledge it at all. Well, work a body part. No. <laughs> Not the neck. I've already injured the neck. Long, long bear hug spot here. There's three or four of these spots where Giants just holding it. shadow shadowing. Fucking hell, man! Hogan fights his way out eventually. For the record, there's nothing wrong with a bear hug as a finisher. Just so you know. <sighs> choke slam by the giant. Hogan kicks out of two. Of course he does. Fucking prick. <laughs> does his hulking up shtick the fans go mild because they've seen this <laughs> a million times and also they blew their load with the flare and they thought yeah. oh well maybe savage going to come out and take hogan great but like this is one of the first times i remember at this point at this kind of time period seeing hogan do the hulking up bit and no selling the punches and shit no one cares this was the end of Hulkamania. yeah absolutely not there's not a single fan in the crowd that when he does the point no one goes you like absolutely no one. Yeah, it's it's kind of shocking. But it There's was the thirteen thousand people allegedly more like seven. But like you know, yeah, and that's why he's had to turn dark because he knows that red and yellow Hogan is not getting over. He's got to try something different. But sure. he's still doing the same shtick. Just couldn't be bothered to bring his coloured gear to work. Absolutely. They kind of get the crowd back on their side a little bit when Hogan does the uh, the the big power slam like he did with Giant at WrestleMania three. Yeah, I think that's because the fans thought they were getting to go home. It does feel like it? Doesn't it? <gasps> Thank God we get to go. <laughs> Probably like people listening to this rather long podcast are doing. <laughs> get to the end. <laughs> no, this is great. This has been a great <laughs> podcast. I've enjoyed this one. Uh, Hogan drops the leg, but Jimmy Hart smashes the ref over the back with the strap, and you're like. Ooh, it's not interesting at all but like, you know. Bobby Heenan on college going did a fan throw something I was like, Yes. <laughs> the selling is genius uh, a fun pantomime spot where Hogan didn't see what Jimmy Hart did but the fans did see what Jimmy Hart did Yeah. really back and forth I like those little moments it's kind of fun um, Hart hits Hogan with the strap as well but Hogan goes after Jimmy no selling the strap shot well obviously. of course because taking out a referee is different to taking out the Hulk stuff Brother, the ref is down, so Giant does a bear hug. Yep, oh, for fuck's sake, ruins this immediately. It was getting quite fun squeezing and like, him down, uh, bore, bore everyone to death. <sighs> Here comes Luger and Savage for the rescue. The cameras completely missed Luger turning on <laughs> Savage, but we cut back to the ring and Luger is kicking Savage on the floor. But it's okay, boys. Here comes... Oh, my God! It's the Yeti! The Yeti! <laughs> the Yeti is here. The most notorious clip of WCW history ever happens at this point. Outside of this and the Shockmaster. <laughs> this is a tie. But, yeah, okay. As as the Giant and the Yeti spit roast Hulk Hogan... And what can we describe as a double bumming? They give him this gentle cuddle in the middle of the (laughs) ring. No, well, Big Show's giving him a gentle cuddle. The Yeti's going for it. He's like (laughs) bumping and grinding against Hogan. (laughs) I don't know why I felt the need to grind at you. (laughs) Describe the Yeti for me. Man dressed in bandages... He's walking with giant. his He's walking. so big. He's bigger than the Big Show. And the Big Show's seven foot four, according to WWE. <sighs> the Yeti. Eh? Eight foot nine, yeah. <laughs> Makes El Gigante look like a cruiserweight. <laughs> So the Dungeon of Doom continued to attack Savage and Hogan. Luga gives them both the torture axe, fully turning heel. Now, <laughs> did you finally. like though when um when Luga went to give Savage the torture that The Yeti still gave him a cuddle before he did it. <laughs> Let me put him in this bear hug for two seconds, and I was like, stop it! It's Bruce. literally a two-second like. Oh no do do Let him cuddle, you know. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm the Yeti. Oh, it's fucking crazy. So funny. Oh, like I was furious but pissing myself laughing at the same time. This was like, outstanding. <laughs> it's so great. Michael Buffer just chips in out of nowhere, announces the giant is the winner, but the belt cannot change hands hands on the disqualification. Hang on a tick. Yeah. Well I don't know what to say this is what led to the controversy the next night on nitro the one where oh they couldn't really? sell any tickets oh, okay let me finish then so rubbish gets thrown into the ring for the second time tonight not for the right reasons i would bet at this point though what a crock of overbooked bullshit you know they overbooks fucking <sighs> hell this is kevin sullivan getting revenge he's like okay you've done your monster <laughs> truck thing right <laughs> you want to see real shit i'm gonna bring out the yeti <laughs> From the Sublime to the Ridiculous. You get that awesome match with the Horseman and Sting to this fucking nonsense headlining. I, I think that sums it up perfectly. The Sublime to the Ridiculous. Yeah. Perfect. So the show ends with Hogan and Savage selling down at ringside as Shivoni and Heenan sell Nitro for tomorrow night. Heenan gets the last line is, as we cut to black, he just goes, I'm exhausted. <laughs> go <laughs> likewise, mate. Absolutely likewise. As they roll the credits. Oh, yeah. God, WCW having credits is still weird to me. I know they did it in previous shows as well that we've covered. But remember, we've just seen a murder and a yeti. And we're out of here. So what's this story about the whole no DQ, the belt can't change hands, but it should have changed hands? So due to this confusion, um, the big show was deemed the champion but he was stripped of the title on Nitro the next night because of the disqualification the confusion of the stipulation of the rule and some contractual jabbering so the belt was held up because they announced that the belt can't change hands so technically Hogan should be the champ but, but Giant walks away with the strap with the belt. knee. so yeah. that's where that comes from Okay, and it's, it's stripped from the Giant and Hogan on Nitro the next night and then put up in the World War 3 60 man three ring battle so Rumble. it's the way to get the belt onto Giant without Hogan losing well it wasn't because eventually th- well because Sa- savage then won the belt oh for fuck's sake savage won it at world war three <laughs> forgot about that oh Jesus! doesn't he go on to lose to uh, giant eventually i'm not sure i didn't go that far in my research because but- giant was definitely the champ round this time and l- loses to hogan but, but basically yeah he went he went to world war three savage i think it was savage and giant as the final two uh, I, I would have to well will have yeah. to watch it At some point In the future <laughs> Um, uns, Unsurprisingly I believe this was The last we ever saw Of the Yeti Oh what a shame Because it's brilliant It's fucking hilarious I'm going to Re Re Cover this gimmick <laughs> going to do the Yeti is next, I'm next Halloween spectacular I'm going to be Yet hey you're gonna have to find like a nine foot ten person to do it though he's getting bigger and bigger every just, time I talk about it the shoulders of Matt <laughs> Terry <laughs> so uh this show there's some hilarious moments. there's some brilliant moments. I've got a couple of quotes just to kind of round this off. Sullivan talking about this main event and the monster trucks. I've got a bunch of guys drawing money, busting their asses off. And Hogan comes up with, he's going to push the giant off the roof. (laughs) And I said, what are we going to do next? (laughs) Fee-fi-fo-fum? Like, you basically already have? (laughs) But that's his quote. Uh, Flair Horseman's thing its magnificent. It's it's sublime. The story coming in doesn't make all that much sense because, you know... Uh, Arn and Flair beating the shit out of each other. It's like they legitimately had beef, yeah. then made up, and we're like, right, how can we use this? We can fuck over Sting. You know? So yeah. they kind of work it that way. The next night on Nitro, you get the full Four Horsemen shit reunited. It's great. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. Absolutely brilliant. Again, if you watch one match from this, watch that tag. It's fucking brilliant. If you watch one match this week, sod... Raw, SmackDown, yep, AEW. Don't watch any of that. Bollocks. Watch this tag match. Yeah, don't even watch that NXT show. Go <laughs> watch this. It's so much better. If you're in a tag team, watch this match. Absolutely. learn from it. It's the best. Hogan, Giant, Savage, Dungeon of Doom, Luger. It takes up vast majority of this show. Why is Kevin Sullivan anywhere near a flipping main event? <laughs> I appreciate the attempt to tell story. At least it was Halloween, so I, I will let it go. Yeah, it's Halloween Havoc. They always overbook on Halloween Havoc. But it's it's way too much. Way too much. Do you think if they'd gone further, it would have gone full circle? If they bo- overbooked it even more, it could have come back round to being brilliant. I mean, quadruple turns, I'm all about. You know what I mean? I would have been happy had the monster truck gone over the edge. But, but think about it. You've got like early in the night. Oh, for fuck's sake, there's so much to talk about. You've got, just think about the heel turns in one night. You've got Luger, Hart, kind of Hogan you know what i mean and Flair yep. all turning in one show yeah it's it's way too much but in fairness there were 13 matches not including the pre-card the, like the undercard where you had Benoit on the undercard as well Guerrero yeah. on the undercard none of those guys featured Malenko's on the undercard yeah. you know I think you had the Harlem Heat on the undercard yeah. yeah they were none of them on this show but we've got 17 minutes of fucking DDP and Johnny B Bad you, you know, know why I, mean? I think because the lads were like oh guys we can cut some tov this room on this card I don't want anything to do with this <laughs> you're alright we'll stay on the dark match they've got Rey Mysterio for fuck's sake and they're like nah we'll use Mr. L JL." <laughs> nice jl bait <laughs> oh, oh that's good that's nice yeah oh it's fucking funny so uh way too many shavoni heenan bits to camera like it becomes difficult because but you start to get momentum going and then you have to cut to them and they have to do something and but that was that was the, the, the whole thing in wcw views, always to the yeah. commentators where they turn their chairs around face the camera t- so you could see the ring while everyone got out thank god they took this away eventually yeah you know because it it's too much you know it really is but bobby heenan love it he's just the best. All night long. I've only written down a couple of quotes here and there, just to highlight like moments that I really enjoyed. But again, this could be ninety minutes of me just saying Bobby Heenan stuff. Um, so a couple of quick little quotes to finish this off. On eighty-three weeks with Conrad and uh, Bischoff, Bischoff described watching this show back as a learning experience, <laughs> which I think is fair enough. Uh, Shivoni probably has the best quote. Again, if you watch this show back now, because trust me, it's well worth a watch. Watch this along with the Shivoni What Happened When podcast with Conrad because Shivoni's doing commentary and they're talking bollocks as they go along. It's it's genuinely... I, I was walking up to the shop earlier to get a drink listening to it pissing myself <laughs> laughing. I had to stop outside the shop and take a breath so the guy didn't think what I was being weird or something. Shivoni <laughs> says there's so many great memories. A lot of shit went on at this show. A lot of shit that remains iconic shit. Totally agree. Yep. Maybe for all the wrong reasons, but let me say this. You can remember what happened in 1995 at Halloween Havoc, but what happened last week on Raw? And that sums up exactly how I feel about this. Yep. It's terrible at times, but I love it. I remember almost every moment about this show. Yep, and that's fair enough. It's yeah. it's a complete thing, and that's why sometimes, while we slate this a little bit, yeah. what are your memories of wrestling? Well, the Yeti. Oh my God! It's the Yeti! Yeah. I mean, man, you you don't flare mean, turning like this. I didn't even know the commentators all been binned off on Raw. And it was back to Tom oh, Phillips and Jr. Interesting. Sorry, it's not, um, um Jerry Lawler. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. It's been like that since the start of January. <laughs> I don't watch Raw. I will occasionally tune in like after a big pay per view or something. I watch after the Rumble to see what happens, you know. I watch after Mania to see what happens, but I can't watch it week to week. Mania's the next show I'm going to cover for uh, for watching, and obviously we may have to adjust our schedule for the next spectacular in the Far East. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, I've got a bit of an outro here to lead on to the Pillman thing, but what do you think of this show overall? Dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the the one of the greatest tag matches ever mm. um, and the Yeti. Yeah. They this, are the high points for me. This is a four cornflakes for me, though. There's a three cornflake for me. It's got everything I want to talk about in pro wrestling. It's got... Literally, the good, bad, and the ugly. Absolutely, man. Everything we started this podcast to do. Yeah, you know, this is perfection. I know this this show has been podcasted to death now, but to watch this through and to listen to these people talk about it and stuff, it's so much fun. I watched the NXT show this week. I fucking hated it. Everyone's coming out going, it's the greatest show of all time. You know, where's the faces? Where's the heels? Where's the story? They're on the main roster, (laughs) and everyone shits on it. (laughs) But oh, it's, it's I don't think oh, I don't that like, I don't like Baron Corbin. He's a dickhead. Um That's the point, you know, you're <laughs> not meant to like him. He's he's good. He's really good. Baron Corbin's come a long way. Randy Orton's being such an asshole. But like yes. it's as simple as like I love Tegan Knox. like in every yep. sense of the word. She's like perfection for me. I think Dakota Kai is an amazing wrestler. But like why did Dakota Kai turn on Tegan Knox? Oh there there was a genuine backstory to this. Can you explain it to me? Cuz yeah. I'm still trying to work it out. Bitterness and jealousy leading up to war games that they picked but pick- what bitterness, jersey what motivated that because term? she got picked to be in war games and tegan not and dakota kai did not so but, dakota but kai- she was in the match no no only at the last minute so she was only at cuz someone got injured cuz maya Yim got injured that's so weak compared to i've got a dungeon of evil dickheads you know what i mean I mean, if I'm honest, <laughs> I prefer the slow build of jealousy than Dakota Kai going, here's Raquel and she's my Yeti. <laughs> but even in that match, they're cheering both girls' spots, you know. Well, Balor that- and Gargano come out. They've got a solid heel face dynamic. People are cheering Bala, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's because it's, it's indie wrestling. But what do we do at the end of the night? We Weird. turn Gargano heel again. So you have to do all this all over again? You well, know, at least they finally like- get their DIY ah. match at TakeOver, one-on-one. Yeah, on one. I just don't care. Maybe it's me, I'm an old, bitter old man, hey, but, but I love this. But the dynamics change to... now. Gargano's the heel and Chomper's the face. They've done that before. They've <laughs> done it a couple of times. You yeah, know? but now, now both are fit. Like, I can't complain about the level of action. They're incredible, like the modern wrestling. You know what I mean? It's but amazing. But the storytelling is bollocks because everyone kicks out at two and no one cares. It's dog shit. Look at how Flair and Pillman and Arn and Sting told that story. You yeah. You know? Why can't people learn from this? Like, I'm okay with areas of grey. I don't just need good guys and bad guys, right? But there has to be a story. Well, if you want a story and you thought this tag match was good, at Super Show Down Under, we've got uh, the Street Profits yeah. going for their tag belts against Seth Rollins and now the man who's been to it half his name, Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I did see the pounce against Murphy. Yeah. Uh, was it Thingy Dawkins? That was fucking hilarious, right? Do my outro for the pod? Yep. Okay, cool, right. The end of 1995 would see Brian Pillman start to ditch the flying character in favor of developing the loose cannon, which we will discuss next week on the final episode of our Brian Pillman trilogy, WWF's In Your House 17 Ground Zero from 1997, where Pillman will face off with Goldust in the Indecent Proposal match. Oh, this was so good. Pillman's last match on pay-per-view. God, I'm looking forward to watching cannot that. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's about a year before I was my absolute obsession with professional wrestling really began. Like I watched some of the early stuff, some of the golden era, some of the new era kind of on VHS, but the beginning of 98 is where I really came in. Proper like full full flow attitude era. So to go back 6 months and see what leads in to my fandom. Fuck, I'm excited for next week. This show, Ground Zero was amazing and this whole build up with gold dust and Marlena being involved with pillman legitimately dating Marlena years before tasty we will talk about this all next week in part three of this awesome trilogy i have loved doing these shows brian pillman is one of the top 10 professional wrestlers who have ever walked this planet sure right we'll see you next week people Hang on, before you go, go on, Ed. We've got to shill shit. Go on, Ed. Where can oh, people yeah, find you on social media? I'm um, fanboy Rich on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm at the Text Williams on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But more importantly, follow us at World of Rest Pod on the Twitter. If you like what we do, please leave a review on your podcast app of choice. Tell a friend. Leave us a review. Let us know a show recommendation. We've got another fantastic recommendation of doing the Canadian Stampede. we something in the future, which I cannot wait to it's do. On the list. Um, and again for everyone who's left a comment who everyone who's interacted with the pod thank you very much we're really glad you enjoy it and we hope you enjoyed part two of the brian pillman trilogy shout out to all our regular listeners and subscribers by the way i've got a real solid kind of listener base going on i love interacting with you so yeah get in touch let us know what you think suggest shows we're talking about doing a um, a barry wyndham trilogy down the line yeah so start suggesting shows what you think would be good for that if you've ever seen him or any shows that involve him and i'd also like to put forward if you'd like me to do a yeti trilogy <laughs> let us know some shows you've seen the yeti on. we're just gonna watch this three times <laughs> no because i'm sure the yeti must have appeared on some independence somewhere <laughs> well we could do the flock Big Reese? Oh, uh, no, it must be the Yeti. <laughs> I want the Yeti on the Independence. If you can find footage of the Yeti outside of WCW, just yeah. send it to World of Rest Pod. How long have we been going today? Far too long. I'm not even going to turn around because my eyesight's terrible. I think this might be our longest pod ever. Uh, thank you for sticking with this till the end <laughs> if you have. Apart from Super Quiz Cups. Go watch Super Quiz Cup 3, by the way. It's really good oh yeah super quiz cup (laughs) Wrestlemania's coming soon I hope I don't fucking win it again I've got a plan oh great let's go (laughs) take care everyone bye bye